Hey, y'all, it's uh, my wife's favorite time of the week. The Sacred Fire of Liberty Hour, the Robert Scott Bell Show, is about to launch. No, I love it, too. Don't get me wrong. I just tease Jonathan because he's such, everybody's such a big fan of Jonathan Emore. And why wouldn't they be? This guy is constitutional rock, if you will. And, uh, well, he's got an exploratory committee to run for the United States Senate two years from now. And if you haven't already supported him, we'll talk about that. Good news happening here. Also, Dr. Kerry Made scheduled for our second hour as we head into the Red Pill Expo in Salt Lake City, Utah this weekend, the 12th and 13th of November. And you can get discount tickets as well. It's going to be amazing. Shout out to G. Edward Griffin and the crew. Bring it. The Red Pill Expo coming up. Stand by. A whole lot of healing going on. Yeah, yeah. Even politically. Right now on the Robert Scab Bell Show. Let's get started. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show. Two thirds of Americans in exit polls say that they don't think you should run for re-election. What is your message to them, and how does that factor into your final decision about whether or not to run for re-election? It doesn't. What's your message to them? To those two thirds of Americans. Watch me. Yeah, I dare you to knock this battery off. What is he doing? Trying to Robert Robert Conrad impression there? Nobody wants this guy, and yet he's still there. Not many people want the Democrats to be in control of uh, all three branches of government, much less one, and it's still there. Uh, joke line of the day, kind of semi-serious before I bring Jonathan Eboard into the mix here from my friend Tracy Strout. She wrote on social media, I'm in a bad place right now. Not mentally, just Pennsylvania. <laughs> well, that made me laugh. We need a lot of laughter and we need a lot of Jonathan Eboard here on the Sacred Fire Liberty Edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Jonathan. Hi, Robert. Hey, talk us off the ledge here, man. The, the red wave didn't apparently happen. There's still some, uh, let's say, some uh, votes to be decided that could still tip the Senate. The House did go over into the Republican side by a little. That means Pelosi as speaker, is her days are numbered. So there's some good things happening. But uh, this Biden, he is so detached from reality just as much as we've seen for some time now. Well, a red wave would have been nice, but a red incoming tide is okay. <laughs> uh, because here's the thing, whether it was uh, a 35 seat majority in the house and a three seat majority in the Senate or a one seat majority in the Senate and a few seats, uh, five to 10 seats in the house. The reality is that, it will form a stopgap for two years to prevent the passage of massive tax bill increases and massive spending bills, which will in and of itself have a beneficial effect of not allowing inflation to go even massively higher. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, and that would have happened, you know, as I say, whether it was a red wave or not, um, as long as we we saw a majority takeover of the house, at least one house, right? Uh, if both the house and Senate, then wow, uh, there's, there's a, there's a little strength there, but remember Biden's most offensive actions other than the spending bills have all been by executive order where he's usurped the power of the legislature to rule uh, with his pen and his phone to quote Obama mm -hmm. directly in violation of the constitution. That's going to continue. So for, for Biden, it really has no effect on his essential agenda. His essential far-left agenda 
is con- will continue through the administrative state, regardless yeah. of the composition of Congress. And that will continue until 2024, when hopefully he's voted out of office. And that's where we're going to see a lot of trouble. And the only hope on that score, which is a good one, is mm-hmm. the federal courts. The federal courts have shown themselves repeatedly now, not not 100% consistency, but repeatedly to uh, block, uh, enjoin uh, unconstitutional actions by Biden. And so if that continues, then these this usurpation of the legislative power by Biden will yeah. be checked by the courts, uh, but that will be the only effective check. And But, you know, then in the House, in the Senate, you'll have a check on his ability to pass legislation. And believe me, throwing uh, Pelosi into the minority is an extremely good thing. Yes. And throwing throwing Schumer into the minority is good. Now, if we don't see the, the, the Senate flip to Republican hands, that's unfortunate because uh, of a number of things. But Fauci mm-hmm. will be protected by a senatorial... Yeah majority in Democrat hands. We need Fauci to account. Oh, yeah. He needs to be held responsible for what mm-hmm. he has done to this country. And mm-hmm. that's also good to show shine a focus on how the Biden administration, with information that should have led them not to maintain the lockdowns and the ma- force mandates for masking and, and force mandates for vaccination, they had the information. They and Fauci had the information. They just persisted with this authoritarian, oh, yeah. dogmatic, but you don't have a right, fear factor, fear mask theater, you know, the, all the, of the overt that. collusion of uh, you know, violating First Amendment protected rights, uh, becoming clearer by the day with some of these forced uh, reveals through Freedom of Information Act requests. Friends of ours that were on the list were actually discussed at the White House. I mean, I, I think about uh, the sweetest people, Ty and Charlene Bollinger. The Biden administration having meetings about them. Oh my gosh, these are dangerous people. Yeah, that's an outrage. I mean, yeah. you know, we we know them, but uh, the reality is, I mean, look, they they are very significant people who have made a difference, and look what happens to them because they are above, uh, they're on the radar screen mm-hmm. of of the far left. They are really they've been run through the the mud, yeah. and that's and 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 that. That uh, is shameful. All the while, look, you've got a real character in Hunter Biden who deserves to be pilloried and publicly uh, condemned for his uh, outrageous corruption and 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 corruption with the com- full complicity of his dad, who he used as the vehicle to have all this money transferred to him from enemies of the United States, including communist China over $4 million uh, of, of money into his bank account, which he shared with Joe Biden through influence peddling operations with the vice president's office. I mean, where is the independent prosecutor to investigate that? Where is the public outrage? Where is the uh, Where are the congressional hearings? That's the shame, because also when it comes to this corruption in the Biden administration, if the Senate remains in Democrat hands, it will not be investigated. If it shifts to Republican hands, it will be. And once again, Biden will be made to account. So we had better hope that in the runoff election, uh, Walker beats uh, Warnock. Yeah, Marshall Walker. I would like to see him in the Senate for sure. And then you join him two years hence. Uh, We'll talk about that as well. Uh, Jonathan Emort here, the Sacred Fire of Liberty Hour on the Robert Scott Bell Show. 
And I was thinking about Biden, you know, whoever this guy is, I don't even know if he has a personality. It's borderline, not real. Uh, there's a little video clip here that talks him talking about, well, I think revealing how out of touch he is. Not that there was any doubt, but I think about what happened here. Wasn't the so-called red wave. There's still some issues, you know, out of certain areas that I wonder what's going to happen moving forward. And yet his delusion that people actually either love what he's doing or just haven't really heard about what he's doing. And the moment they do, they'll love it. Listen to Biden on this clip and you'll see how out of touch he is. In that uh, Americans, that Americans are frustrated. frustrated. In fact, fact 75% of the voters say the country, country is heading in the wrong direction. Despite the results, results of last night, what in the next few years do you think differently uh, uh, to change people's opinion of the direction of the country as you contemplate a run for president in 2024? Nothing, nothing. Because they're just finding out what we're doing. The more, the more they, they know, know what we're doing, the more support. So he says nothing. The more they know what we're doing, the more they would like it and love it. I'm like, the more people realize what they're doing, the more they see what a disaster it is. And to have him up there, he he's almost, it's almost as bad as Fetterman in terms of the ability to speak. And when he does speak, the things he says make no sense. Well, as I explain in the townhall.com article that I that's running today on townhall.com uh, I forget the name of it uh, Biden uh, impervious to change Biden impervious to change it's called anyway um, the reality is that Joe Biden does not care what the American people think that's really true he cares about what the far left in his party thinks he's entirely sold himself to that party that part of the party and He's surrounded by far leftists. He's put them in there and they're running the show and they're running the show in all the administrative agencies, too. So as a result, as long as he, uh, you know, that's the article, as long yeah. as he um, panders to them and gets them to agree that he's providing them value, no matter how much Americans scream and holler and rant and raid, rage about how difficult the world is because he's unleashed inflation and won't stop it because he's allowing gas prices to rise to the point where people can't afford gas, home heating oil going through the roof, uh, open borders, crime running rampant, no effort seriously by the federal government to do anything at all to either shut the border down or uh, stop the crime. All of that he doesn't care how you react. He does not care. You, he's already been through. I mean, everybody has been condemning him for these things. On the border, uh, there's nobody. I don't even know if there's a Democrat who supports what he's doing uh, publicly, other than those in the leadership of the Democratic Party and the far left of the party. You get the overwhelming majority of Americans who oppose his agenda on natural gas, on you know his fossil fuel agenda, excuse me, which is to destroy it by 2030. Uh, his agenda on the borders, which is to allow anyone on earth who wishes to come through, even terrorists to come through and fentanyl and drug trafficking, sex trafficking. Um, so he's already the most derelict president in American history at fulfilling his constitutional duties. And he violates the Constitution with impunity with his executive orders that usurp legislative power. So he doesn't care. He doesn't care if courts rule against him. He doesn't care if the American people don't like it. He doesn't care what surveys say. He's not the Bill Clinton who, after the midterms, did the mea culpa 
-hmm. and change his legislative agenda. He's not going to change one thing. He's going to continue on this far left course of destruction of America until he's removed from office. And so um, that's the sad reality. Now, that means that gaining control over the House and Senate is even more important for the reasons we discussed. But in the end, the big election is 2024. The big election is 2024. 23 United States Senate seats will be up, which could definitively determine the direction of this country, as well as the White House. And there'll be numerous uh, congressional seats in the House up. So, you know, that is the year. And as a result, uh, what we're really talking about is, sadly, uh, two years, regardless of what happened in this election, as long as Republicans took at least one House, mm-hmm. we have a, a block for uh, tax increases, a block for spending bills. But what we don't have is an ability to stop his authoritarian nonsense, like his mask mandates, his, his jab mandates. Other than through the courts, as you point out. Yes. Or and simple the, uh, non-compliance. And, and the legacy right? of Trump. I mean, look. Yeah. This is the legacy of Donald Trump. Donald Trump uh, put more federal judges in and put more justices on the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. So we have a six to three majority on the court and we have numerous federal judges across the United States who are Trump appointees who are committed to constitutional governance and they form the barrier to Biden. So if if you thought Biden was going to be a lame duck, no because he's going to be an activist president on the left, using his executive order power, pushing through all this agenda of the far left until he leaves. Yeah. It doesn't matter. He he won't submit bills to Congress. And when bills, if, you know, even we don't have enough, uh, enough members of Congress to likely see a massive legislative agenda arising out of Congress. If, if the Senate shifts, then what you're going to see are numerous bills come out of Congress, they'll go to the White House and he'll veto them. And it's important that they pass those bills and present it to him and have this record of his vetoes. Because you can present all the bills to cut inflation. You can present all the bills to close the borders and protect Americans' southern southern border security. You can uh, introduce bills to reduce gas prices and so forth through competition and energy independence. And you can wipe out a lot of this woke nonsense in the schools and so forth Mm -hmm. with these bills. But he will veto every single one. And the reason is he doesn't, again, he doesn't hear the American people. He doesn't respond to them. He is not their representative. His actions speak louder than his words. Those actions show that he is consistently uh, responsive to the far left minority of his own party, not to the American people. I was thinking about the veto power of the individual. And that is through nullification via not complying with unconstitutional mandates and prohibitions. Also, state level nullification. Governors like DeSantis refusing to go along with unconstitutional, you know, mandates or prohibitions from the federal government. And that could, you know, both trickle up and trickle down at the state level to make it more difficult to impose the so-called mandates that he would like to impose or uh, <clears throat> lockdowns, shutdowns, all the things that we know that they would love to have more power to do, not less. Uh, so as we move forward, you know, looking now a couple of years ahead, <laughs> we have been talking about you, of course, and your journey. You have an exploratory committee to run for the United States Senate out of Virginia to defeat Tim Kaine in 2024. 
Uh, and I, I wonder if, if we don't get the Senate back, and I say we, I mean, I don't claim to be a party partisan, except that I look at individuals and say, where do they stand on these issues? And of course, we all know where you stand on it, and you would run as a Republican, of course. But two years from now, without the Senate in the Republican hands, maybe it strengthens your capacity and ability and urgency to defeat Tim Kaine should we get past this first hurdle of gaining the money to get you over to declare your candidacy officially. Well, I don't relish one iota the thought that the American people have to suffer so miserably for another two years. I wish I could stop it right now. The mm -hmm. reality is that I have a specific plan with specific solutions to address each of these issues. And as you point out, I do believe we are going to be in dire straits by 2024 from inflation not being checked and from the gas prices keeping going up and uncontrollably so and the home heating oil and this whole uh, climate change agenda, which is bringing us intermittent and unreliable energy sources and this whole movement to compel us to move from uh, fossil fuel cars to electric cars, which are actually a, a environmental disaster. Their environmental disaster is writ large. and It's a big hoax and it's ruinous to us in numerous ways. Um, Environmentally empowers China. I mean, and it empowers China, as does the uh, building of the windmills and the which they're the primary makers of those. The mm -hmm. uh, the the solar panels they're almost exclusively the only maker of those. They use Uyghur slave labor. They use they the amount of uh, rare earth minerals necessary to be to be uh, mined in order to make enough batteries for the cars that they are compelling us to buy over time yeah. is, 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 is astronomical. In fact, it is vastly in excess of the world's storehouse of rare earth minerals. The number, if you, if you shift from current cars to electric yeah. cars and the cost of, of it as a consequence of the increasing scarcity of the rare earth minerals is, is, is astronomical. You'll end up paying $150,000 for a battery in a car and you and, and you want to see gaping wounds on the planet oh yeah oh, mining and, and slave labor to get these rare earth minerals out and the amount, just, the amount of fossil fuels necessary to get them out you're talking about major major large machinery that is used and has to, to be that. powered right. by fuels in order to Never get make them. up for that by the way i had dr willie soon on he is an immigrant uh, when he was a teenager from malaysia escaped uh, uh chinese uh you know kind of threats and he's a brilliant PhD researcher, astrophysicist. And he came on and confirmed what we've been saying for years, having done our own research, that the main driver of climate is the sun. It's our solar system. It is a solar system. It is sun-driven. Sun activity, sunspot activity, that throughout history is identical to in terms of warming and cooling periods, regardless of burning what they call fossil fuels. And the fact is he acknowledged, as we do too, CO2 is a greening of the planet gas, not a toxic global warming gas. In fact, if you want more plants to produce more foods, the CO2 is a good thing. And then we get, of course, more oxygen for us, for animals to breathe. And so the entire environmental movement is not having to do with a benefit to the environment or the people that, and animals that live in it. But it's to destroy freedom and free market economies so that we can enslave people that they can't afford the batteries that are going to destroy the planet. And then you won't own anything. And Klaus Schwab says you'll like it. 
Yeah, they create a false dichotomy when they say that essentially you have to render man extinct in order for the environment to flourish. You don't have to render man extinct for the environment to flourish. Man is a part of the environment. But anyway, if you want to draw that distinction, the reality is that you can have the greatest environment in the world uh, and also have man be prosperous and and uh, productive and uh, have, a, have a economy that is roaring. And the reason why I can say that with confidence is that all of the environmental advances to date have been a result of the efficiencies of the marketplace, not of planned economies by the government. The government right now is telling us that the future is going to be electric, that the future is going to have wind power, solar power, and electric vehicles. That's a government plan. That's where they want to force us to go. And it destroys innovation. The solution to all of our problems lies in the ultimate resource, which is the human mind and allowing individuals to innovate. That's how we've come up with scrubbers that eliminate pollution from factories. Uh, that's how we've come up with such low emissions. That's how we've come up with such clean natural gas. That's how we've come up with solutions to virtually every problem. And mm -hmm. if you're talking about a green future where there is even less pollution, you have to really look at innovation that isn't, that isn't uh, uh, being promoted by the government, such as uh, Dr. David Martin's yes. uh, solution to creating really uh, incredible yeah. uh, pure clean, gas. Clean, yeah, yeah, pure gas burns out with very few out of the tar sands. Yeah. And in addition, you know, taking gravel, for example, asphalt, and taking that, and he can even process that into byproducts that are pure water, rocks, and uh, pure uh, oil. Yeah. So you can use these innovations, and his is a genius innovation. I mean, you can use innovations like that and count on them, and they're mm -hmm. economically viable, as opposed to this solar and wind, for example. You know, the government has to subsidize that in order for us to even be able to afford it the government has to massively subsidize it. The real cost of solar and wind is vastly in excess of oh, any uh, untenable. Yeah. So and, and economic approach, when you insist as a government on something that is uneconomic, that cannot work on its own, it not only uh, creates a situation where you become dependent on mm -hmm. something that is not capable of being sustained because of its cost without dragging the whole economy down. But you also create a situation in which innovation is suppressed and in which the true answers are delayed, perhaps, you know, a century mm -hmm. or more, if you have this massive regime like they're talking about and are implementing yeah. across the United States. It's, it's ruinous to everything that we hold dear in this country. It is really a situation where it impoverishes all of us mm -hmm. and it takes away jobs that would be generated from sustainable economic activity. And it leaves us really with no change in pollution. They even admit that. What yeah. they say is, oh, you know, even if we were able to get zero carbon emissions in the United States, it would not affect at all any probability of climate change or any probability of uh, pollution mm -hmm. because of the amount that China is producing and India is producing. It's irrelevant. Our production is irrelevant to global levels. So if you really believe in that, and the whole climate change is based on politics more than science, but even if you buy into it, you have to recognize 
that making the American human extinct and allowing uh, the Chinese uh, uh, to be uh, prosperous and the Indians to be prosperous and the rest of the world to benefit from fossil fuels yeah. while we freeze to death. And while we burn and to death, seeing that in Europe, they're already, you know, break, break cutting down old growth forests. I mean, where are the environmentalists? Yeah. We're worried about environment. Your old growth forests are being chopped down just to keep people warm in Europe. Jonathan, you know, the, the results, at least so far of the uh, election cycle 2022, show a very divided country, despite, you know, when you ask people, most people are not pleased with what the Democrats are doing. Part of it is the, you know, habits that form. You know, I've seen a lot of tweets from former Democrats or still Democrats going, look, I voted Republican this time. I don't like it because they're programmed in a certain way. Yet at the same time, they recognize what's happened among the Democratic Party, what it's become. So part of our journey here, and it's we've been doing this all along, and your journey, should you become an active, officially declared candidate for the Senate, is to, uh, let's say, discuss these topics head on in a way that the other side of the political political divide actually hears the words you're saying. And I know the difficulty in that because they have words that they hear and they automatically react to them rather than engaging intellectually. You have an ability to communicate things that I think is is so important, so necessary right now to, to kind of bridge the divide and the people that are reluctant to come over and vote Republican because they know the Republican Party isn't pure as the driven snow either. Right. That's we acknowledge that. Well, I, here's the thing. You know, you have all these surveys, Robert, and they're redundant. They're showing that the American people are very unhappy. They think that the country by over 75 percent, I think 73 percent, is heading in the wrong direction. They think that the economy is in a shambles. They think that the border security situation is unacceptable. They think that the drugs and the crime and the and and all of the destruction that's taking place in the inner cities is totally unacceptable. I think that the defund the police movement is unacceptable. So when you go down all the issues, uh, with very few exceptions, they line up almost perfectly with the uh, national Republican agenda. That makes you ask the question then, why is it that we didn't have a red wave? And I think the answer is that individual politicians running many times complained like the public did about the major problems, but did not offer specific solutions to resolve it. And when a voter goes into that voting booth, they don't want to vote for just somebody who's a, you know, a happy face who uh, says that I'm hurting and you're hurting. Mm -hmm. They want to vote for someone who's got the answers. They want someone who's going to present the solutions. Mm -hmm. And so that's the hallmark of my own uh, perception that as an individual, as a person who's been involved in constitutional administrative law for 37 years, who's come up with legislation and drafted it, who wants to see these problems solved, I'm going to present and will present yeah. directly my solutions. Yeah, that's what I see is, is a distinction that I'm trying to relate to folks about what your candidacy would, and I'd li- love to see more candidates. I don't care what party they're a part of, if they're communicating some constitutional things that we're discussing, is not just telling people to vote for me because you, then you're voting against something you don't like, but we'd no, love yeah. to say, come on over. See, listen to what Jonathan Emord saying. Isn't that a positive thing as opposed to voting against something? And right. I think that your point about why there wasn't a red wave goes to those individual candidates that couldn't elucidate a clear vision of what they were for other than to say, you hate this, I hate this, vote for me. And that doesn't really fire them up. Everybody, me included, when I'm voting for somebody, I want to know what they are going to do. It's not enough that you say, oh, 
yeah, I agree with you. Uh, the economy. I don't like what's going on. Right, yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't agree with what's going on. But what are you going to do? And there, here's 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 the real cutting edge thing. This is old news, but it, it's cutting edge for the present time. Biden gives us no vision of a great America, a future that will be bright for our children, for the next generation, how to solve the problems that we face so that we overcome them, so that we maintain our position in the world as a great power, so that it actually we exceed that, that we become the foremost economic engine for the world and once again have great prosperity and upward mobility and a growing GDP. How do you do that? Well, it's, it, it's not a secret and it's something that can be done and this is specifically how you do it. When it comes to inflation, you cut spending. You have to cut spending dramatically. We've doubled the budget in one year. You have to dramatically cut government spending. So what do we do? We get rid of the Department of Education. We get rid of the Department of Commerce. We get rid of the Federal Trade Commission. We get rid of the Department of Commerce, the Department of Education, the Department of Energy, Federal Trade Commission, Consumer Product Safety Commission, and so on. We pare back government, which is already abusive, and we take and privatize most functions of government that are not essential, necessary government functions. We lower taxes because that creates a supply-side revolution, lower taxes on business, lower taxes on the individual. We give them their own money. We follow the proposition from the founding of the republic, which is that individuals need to be sovereign and have control over their own resources, the power to tax, the power to destroy. We cut the taxes down. All right, that takes care of inflation. When we cut the spending, cut the taxes, and, and, and expand the economic pie by growing. Then the next thing that we do, in addition to that, is on the borders. We have to stop the border situation. How do we do that? Of course, we build the wall. But in addition to that, we, we return to remain in Mexico, and we begin to make it a huge disadvantage to come to this country. How do we do that? We ensure that when people come in illegally, that they are required to have uh, tracking devices. We ensure that if they miss a single appointment and we set them up, change the statute so that they're immediate. If they miss a single appointment in their evaluation and we have that evaluation take not, play, not take place in our country, but we move them back to Mexico, we build facilities there to process applicants for asylum rather than allow them into this country. And we shut down the border to entry through whatever is necessary, because this is a crisis. And then we go after the cartels. We go after the cartels. We interdict the drug trafficking, yes. But we also recognize them as terrorist organizations, which they are. And furthermore, all these people coming into the United States are paying the cartels. They're paying them five to $10,000 a piece. That is, these people who are allegedly impoverished and are coming into our country, they at least have to have enough money, five to $10,000 each, to pay the cartels for the entry. All right, what we do is we say, nope, not that system's not operating anymore. You wanna come into this country, you have to go through the asylum process. It's all gonna be in Remain in Mexico. It's all gonna be in Mexico. And in addition, you have to pay for the process if you want to come here. You have to pay for your own lodging in Mexico. And you have to go through this process and you are tracked to make sure that you do every step of the way. And only if you do, and only if we vet you, and only if we find you safe, do we let you in. That's the answer to that problem. And then when it comes to uh, the overall size and scope of the government, where we have uh, a renegade um, 
bureaucracy that's not limited by constitutional limits, so it violates your rights. What do we do with that? Well, what we do with that is we pass the, the Congressional Responsibility and Accountability Act that I wrote for Ron Paul is modified uh, in this way. No regulation will become law unless Congress adopts it and cannot be enforced by the agency unless Congress itself adopts it. And all existing regulations would be sunset within three years unless passed by Congress. Now, pause these are that. Pause that. I, I need you to say that again. Because this is the statement you just made. Those two sentences together are the things that I do not hear from any candidate since Ron Paul, for instance. And, and I know that his son, Rand Paul, would be probably supportive of that. Others like Thomas Massey. We know a few that really get this. Maybe they communicate sometimes. But the clarity with which you bring that out is to recognize what? That we are ruled by an oligarchy. The All three branches of the government have been consolidated into one in terms of an executive branch oligarchy. Uh, there is no lawmaking really from Congress anymore. The oligarchy makes it. The FDA sets rules. FTC sets rules. All these are, And these agencies are basically running roughshod over what once was a constitutional Republican form of government. How do we restore it? We know that just voting people in and replacing them, most of the people that are voted in have no earthly idea when they get in what they're up against. They have a naive view of, oh, I can make changes because I have a political philosophy. I have a this and that. And then they're stuck against this machine that exists now for generations. You've written about it in your book, of course. And so having said all of that, I want you to clarify, simplify those sentences again of what we would do, what you would do, and encourage others through communication and education within Congress, which within the Senate to help them see this. So Congress, under the Constitution, Article 1, Section 1, Congress is exclusively vested with the power to make law. Yet three-quarters of all federal law is not made by Congress, but by the administrative agencies. That needs to be stopped, and that is the central violation of the separation of powers and defeat of the constitutional limits on power and protection for your rights. That's why the administrative state is running around violating people's rights, everyone from Donald Trump to a person who's protesting outside of an abortion clinic. That's why it's happening. And so what we do is we, we neuter the regulatory state in this way. We say that it is Congress's responsibility under the Constitution to make all laws and that anything that an administrative agency wants to do it must propose to Congress and Congress would have to pass it before mm -hmm. it becomes law. That returns to the people's elected representatives the responsibility for making the law. Making they the law. It. They've got to be responsible. And then by sunsetting regulations within Sunset. three years mm -hmm. uh, of every existing regulation, we put Congress on the spot to have to evaluate regulations to determine which oh. ones are, are to be passed and not as music to my ears. I, I just let, let me just say this too, Robert, because there's yeah. one, there's a fourth thing that's super important. I don't want to miss on the solution side. How do you solve the CRT problem? How do you solve the transitioning problem? You do it this way: you cut off the federal funding to, uh, for any uh, educational institution that violates the First Amendment by insisting on an orthodoxy under CRT. That is, they, they, they suppress views that are critical. They don't allow dissent and they insist on CRT. You prosecute them. That is, you, you cut off funding 
if they violate the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment by discriminating against children based on race or separating them based on race or determining their relative worth or value or likelihood to succeed based on race. And then the third thing is you cut off the funding for transitioning. You make it illegal on a national basis for a physician to perform any operation give hormones, give any drug for, for the transitioning of anyone under 18 years of age in the, in, the, in the very limited exception being birth defects at birth that require uh, medical attention to render someone's gender identifiable. So this is the solution to the problem. This is it. And it just requires this to be explained to the American people and someone to have the courage to run on specifics and to stand up and fight for them and not avoid everything and obfuscate and mislead. Tell it like it is, tell the people the problems, tell them the solutions and let them vote to decide. Mm. If they want the solutions, they vote for you, then you've got an obligation to specifically implement those yes. things. Yes, beautiful. Again, thank you for that clear elucidation of something that most people have not heard, especially from an actual candidate, we'll see right now, potential. We've got the emord4va.com website set up. The exploratory committee is on. Um, can you give us any insight at all as far as how things are going out there as you've traveled a little bit around the country? Of course, you're you know back in Virginia, you had, we talked about going down to Florida with Casey Krejci and he's so excited you know, for you and, and uh, had a great event. Casey is unbelievable. And yeah. I just love being down there with Casey. I love Casey Krejci. Yes. And talk about a personal principle. Yes. Casey Krejci. And his family too. And Johnny, his adopted son, unbelievable. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. And oh my gosh. Yes. A lot of sons that sing. Yes. Okay? You hear that? Do yep. they sing in harmony? I mean, he's oh, a lot yeah. of talent there. But anyway, I just love Casey. But here's here's something, Robert. Mm -hmm. So um, we have good news. I mean, we said uh, at the beginning of October that if by the end of March we raised 2023 yeah that we would be in a position to run for the United States Senate i told people here and around the country if we're able to raise a million dollars for this event it'll show me that enough people support this that i will throw my hat into the ring mm -hmm. well we raised $950,000 robert whoa $1000 to go all right we're close y'all look at we did this in a, in in a month robert yeah. we did this in a month and so Here's what we, we've tentatively set December the 8th as the date for an important announcement. I can't tell you what it is or I'll be regulated into oblivion by the FEC. <laughs> that there will be an important announcement on December 8th. And we have had such good fortune. I thank everybody out there who has contributed. If you haven't contributed, please do um, through emord4forvirginia.com. Here it is. Yes. Is. And on the home page there, Robert, right up at the top, mm -hmm. you can hit the donate link. You can see it. It's right under the Robert Scott Bell show. There it is. Uh, to the right. It's over to the right, but you can't. Anyway, trust me, it's there. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. So you can hit that donate button and then you can choose the amount you want to contribute. And it can be anything as low as $25 or higher. And you make that contribution and it makes a world of difference. Mm -hmm. And we are trying now within the next several days between now and December 8th to raise that additional $50,000 to put us over the million dollar mark. And if we do that, 
uh, we will be in a position to announce. And I fully expect it to happen, but please, 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 mm -hmm. if you can do it, do contribute because this is our campaign. That is not, not mine. This is our campaign. This is the solution to America's problems. We're the solution providers. We are going to do this. And it's going to take every bit of support all the way through for the six years mm -hmm. for these things to pass because I can write the bills and I will, and I can introduce it into the Senate and I will, but I need the American people to rise up and insist upon it. And I will persuade as many members and if we have a Republican majority, it'd be a lot easier. Uh, I will be able to persuade many members, but I'm also going to make appeals. I'm going to make public appeals to pass the legislation. And if enough Americans stand up, we'll save this country. And that's why I'm there. I'm there for six years. I'm not a career politician. I've never run for political office before, and I hope never to run again. But I knew that if, you know, I reached 99 and a half years, if Robert mm -hmm. Lesley lived that long, um, I would look back at my life and say, hey, look, at this critical juncture, uh, you know, I didn't step up when I still could. You know? I didn't, yeah. and, and I could, and I knew what to do, and I didn't jump into it. Well, mm -hmm. because I can and because I know what to do, I think it's my patriotic obligation to this country to do it. I love this country. I don't want it to be destroyed. I see these people just ravaging it, mm -hmm. and I need to get in there and start swinging and fighting, yes. and pushing against the people who want to destroy this country. Yeah, and plus, y'all – Putting Jonathan E. Mort over the top by December the 8th, we could have an interesting announcement here on this show as well, which would mean, I believe, that we'll have a United States senator appearing regularly on the Robert Scott Bell Show. How cool would that be, too, huh? I know that's not as important as all the other stuff, but still, I think it's cool. What's really cool, Robert, is just how wonderful it is to see so many people supporting what we're doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, when we went to Orlando and saw Casey Krejci, when we went to Chicago and we saw Dr. Martin, when we went to uh, um, uh, uh, Arizona and mm -hmm. we interacted with a bunch of people there, doctors, alternative medicine providers, yeah. corporate heads, other people, everybody all across the board is hurting and is looking for an answer that means freedom. They all are asking for freedom. They're not asking for a handout. They're not asking for more government. That's They're different. not asking for government to go after their competitors. For once, there is a consensus that people want more freedom. Mm -hmm. They want freedom to choose. And whether that's an education for their children or whether that's in the marketplace with goods and services, or whether that's in healthcare, or whether that's in uh, their own daily lives to be able to freely choose to walk down the street without being mugged, shot, or stabbed. Uh, everybody is asking for one thing primarily, and that's freedom. And that's why I'm so I'm so excited because my whole life, just like yours, Robert, we have spent our professional careers fighting for individual liberty against government oppression and against the government abuse of people. And that has been what, what has driven us. And I see a consensus building in this country for that same freedom. Parents are saying, I want control over my own children's education and upbringing. I want the freedom to raise my children as I think best, rather than have the state dictate to me that my child is not really my child, that my child's gender is not its birth gender, that my child is not a person who loves his his or her own country, uh, and you know, 
losing mm-hmm. since when were we going you know how is it progress to bring back racism how how is it progress how is it progress how how do we advance beyond uh the civil war and the end of slavery when the government is becoming the slave master and mm-hmm. it's taking a whole generation series of generations of youth and depriving them of the American dream, of hopes and dreams for a better future. And how is it that we reached this stage where just a few years ago, we had a roaring economy, we had low inflation, almost none, and we had gas prices that were close to $2 a gallon and could have been $2 a gallon had we completed the XL pipeline. No one was screaming day to day except for radicals that pollution was killing us. No one was screaming day to day that uh, their children were so f- worse off because they weren't being indoctrinated instead of educated and weren't being told by teachers that their genders were fluid rather than accept them for the genders that they had. And weren't being told that they should choose whatever uh, pronoun they wish to have out of a whole uh, grab bag of some uh, thousand different pronouns. This all, all this nonsense wasn't there. And it was there actually in academia, but it wasn't universal. And then suddenly the radical dogs were unleashed and they went everywhere and everything is an absolute disaster. Mm-hmm. But the solutions are there, as I mentioned, and yeah. we can implement them and we can save our country and everybody can participate in this. And we can all say to our children and their children's children that we stood up and we fought for liberty when liberty was on the line and we saved it for their generation. And it's their duty to do the same. Yeah. And what we need to do. That is our birthright, our freedom, and it is our essential obligation to protect freedom and pass it on unmolested to the next generation. If these crazies are allowed to go unchecked, we lose that. And there's no reason why we can't defeat them. And there's no reason why we can't have a great, great country that's prosperous and growing. And we can do this. And it doesn't take your, you know, so, oh, well, what about, you know, one senator or one person. Well, you know what? Mm-hmm. All great achievements in history have started with one person willing to fight, courageous and taking the battle on. And inspired so and, many. Yeah. And, you know, it's by the grace of God. It's yeah. by the grace of God. It is by a person who is devout in their sensibilities and in their commitment to recognize that, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a big task, but it's for our sake. We have to do it because we're a free people. We're not going to be slaves. We are not going to be slaves. Well, the thing is, we've lost sight of, uh, you know, the principles upon which this nation was founded. Not so much here on this show. This is what we espouse. This is what we strive to live and do our best to be living examples for. And, you know, it's inspiring each week when we get together and do this as we have for 10 years plus now. And uh, I'm looking at what happened just now, again, reflecting on this election cycle. I know there's still votes to be counted, so it's not a done deal wherever it is right now. But perhaps we haven't suffered enough loss of liberty in this cycle. And perhaps the candidates themselves, as you point out, and I agree, that should have won that didn't, I put the blame on them for having an inability to articulate what they were going to do as opposed to just saying, you hate what's happened and I hate what's happened to vote for me. And that's just not enough to vote against something. And you know what else? What what? You know what else? This is another flaw. All right. If you love your country and you're going to fight for it as a candidate, Mm -hmm. 
you not only owe the people the, the solutions, exactly what you're going to do, but you also owe it to them to ensure that they understand what the other person in the office has done that contradicts what you would do or is against what you would do. And I found all over the country that solid candidates, ones that I thought were great people, refuse to go that additional distance and actually attack their opponent for what they had done wrong. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I don't mean that in a mean way. I don't mean a character assassination. I mean, no. looking at what they actually did in office and attacking them for what they did do and explaining why what you will do is the opposite of it and mm-hmm. why that's necessary. People need to understand why they're going to support someone. And if you're clear about what you're about, and they understand it, they have a clear choice. And yeah. it's, it's, I don't know whether it's some sort of fear that if people understand what you intend to do and what the other mm-hmm. person actually did, that somehow that will lead them into making a decision based on facts rather than on uh, uh, appearances or whatever. But my goodness, this is what it's about. You, I, If you run for a political office, you've got to trust in the people that they'll make the right choices. You have to stand up for what is right, explain what you're going to do, and then let the chips fall where they may, because it's the people who choose the person who will serve them. And if they don't like you and they don't like what you stand for, then no matter how heroic you are and fighting for it, they won't vote for you. And that's the, that's, that's what the, the whole thing is. This is not guaranteed. And so, so many of these incumbents, think that their incumbency is guaranteed. They think they think that they're owed the office. I mean, come on. This is not this should never be career. This should never politics should never be somebody's career. A career politician is largely worthless. You got to come out of the real world, jump into this crazy Washington scene, drain the swamp, get rid of all the the corruption and then leave. And and that's that's yeah. the solution. I mean, we, we, we can't have career politicians. That to your means point, I would a position by government. I would add that a career politician is a welfare recipient. That's Basically, correct. They're engaging in, in in leeching off the taxpayer to keep their themselves in a cushy situation while they don't even make laws in, in Congress, as you pointed out. And that was one of the most extraordinary things. If you guys play that back uh, to understand what is different about Jonathan Emord, what he would bring to the equation in Congress, in the Senate and why we want to see him run for the United States Senate out of Virginia to defeat Tim Kaine in two years from now, emord for va emord F-O-R dot, uh, not, V-A dot com is where and you go. It's linked up. Old Tim, part of the mm-hmm. Clinton machine, uh, yeah. he was Clinton's vice presidential running mate. Uh, that was the election he lost. Before that, he said, I've never lost an election. Well, he lost that one. That was a big mm-hmm. one. But the, the point is, Tim is a career politician. He has been in government serving yeah. in elective office for something like 40 years. And the man has no real connection with the uh, interests, experiences, and lives of his constituents. As a consequence, he can vote right with Biden com- consistently and not blush when he supports legislation that will destroy 125,000 fossil fuel jobs in Virginia. Uh, because he's serving the leadership of his party that has declared without his objection that Mm -hmm. fossil fuels will be eliminated in 10 years. Anyway, there's a lot there that he has to answer for that he's never answered for. 
because there's this idea that somehow he should be a politician for life, that somehow he has an entitlement no, to being yeah. in the United States Senate. Uh, no, no I, look, I look forward to that to that election. I'm, I'm telling you, I feel really good about where things are going, Jonathan. I know a lot of people are disappointed with where the election went this time and not fully engaged to where it should have gone, but there's reasons for it. That's the point of our discussion here. We're not going to wallow in misery. We're going to be part of the correction. And you are a big part of that, Jonathan Emord. Emord4va.com. And uh, I want to shout out also for our friends at uh, Trinity, Trinity School of Natural Health, Julie Whitman Klein and the family. They hosted, I think, the first sort of official meeting as you were uh, launching the exploratory committee we had in, at the Chicago event. Uh, it was so amazing. Uh, we had Dan Burton there. And who was it? The assistant uh, attorney general under Ed Meese under Reagan was there as well. Joe Morris. Joe Morris. Yeah. He was an, yeah. what an orator that guy is. Oh. I just could sit and listen to him talk. That was amazing. He has such a tremendous command of the English language. It is really remarkable to listen to him give a speech. It is, yeah. uh, he's one of the few people on earth with that control. It's comparable to Winston Churchill's. He's just, yeah. A, and he, he adores you. He's like, he would love to see you as a United States Senator, as we all would here. And uh, there are upcoming events I'll let you know about. Again, Jonathan has hinted that should we help him get over the top? 50,000 more to go by December the 8th, one day after Pearl Harbor Day, there could be a really big announcement we'll have here on the Robert Scott Bell Show at an event. <laughs> in Virginia. So uh, I'm excited yep. about that for sure. Uh, also, right. again, um, Trinity School of Natural Health. Remember that, trinityschool.org. Uh, our friends there have the Trinity Health Freedom Expo, and we have a virtual expo coming up in February. So if you even attended the Health Freedom Expo where Jonathan and I and many of our friends were, you couldn't see everything that happened. But the virtual expo gives you access to all of the presentations. And we will also have a new health freedom panel. And usually Jonathan will be there with me at February. And that'll be a virtual but actually live panel and more. And that'll be happening February 2023. Hopefully at that point we can say candidate uh, in February of that year. But that's coming up as well. Uh, any other events that we should know about prior to the 8th that you're going to be doing or speaking at? Well, I am going throughout Virginia. I'm meeting with various people tomorrow. I have a meeting with uh, one of the leading people in Virginia who is a um, uh, a chiropractor, one of the largest chiropractic uh, clinics in Northern Virginia. Um, and uh, he's on WMAL radio here, which is a very big conservative radio station in Northern mm -hmm. Virginia, country music, uh, but also uh, all of the, all of the, the greats. Uh, in radio, except for Robert, who should be on there right now. <laughs> the, the point is, though, um, yeah, there are a lot of meetings, Robert. That's one mm -hmm. of them. I just had a meeting today. The, the neat thing about this, Robert, is that um, I don't know whether it's just sincerity that drives people to follow us, but uh, boy, oh boy, it's been remarkable. And we haven't even gotten the thing off the ground. We've had one month of this, Robert. Right? It's astonishing, Jonathan. It is yeah. astonishing, yeah. and it is gratifying to see because you know what it does for me? It reconfirms my faith in the American people. You always want the American people in your mind to be lovers of liberty and to stand up and fight for it and to be willing to support a cause that will protect it, and mm -hmm. that's what's happening, Robert. We're, we're seeing a movement start, and when you're here, Robert, you're going to be here through the December 8th, 9th, and 10th. Uh, you'll see us go through all of Virginia. We're going to start at the north and we're going to go end up in the south. It's mm -hmm. a painfully long ride, but we'll do it together and <laughs> over three days. Yeah. And um, 
at least we don't have to ride like uh, Washington did on horseback and James Madison. That's very painful. It'd be hard to do the radio show or live on horseback. I think we'll yeah be comfortable yeah. in that regard. You like yeah. this all the time. On the <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. look, I've been, I've been in training for years now and I won the challenge of the week, max out challenge a couple of weeks ago, again, all nine rounds, full, full bore. And, uh, we're getting stronger y'all because of what I've learned in my lifetime to overcome the chronic diseases I had. And basically it didn't involve government sanctioned medicine at all. And so matter, Robert, you're on a yeah. mission. I'd say this, come with me if you want to live. And, and you do, we do. And we're going to live greatly together in freedom. Jonathan Emore, my my brother, love you dearly. Love to your whole family. We'll see you next week on the Sacred Fire of Liberty again. You bet. Take care, Robert. Right. That's Jonathan Emore. As we wrap up hour one, I'm very excited. In hour two, we'll talk about the Red, the Red Pill Expo. We, I wish Jonathan were coming out for that. David Martin's going to be there. And uh, guess who else is going to be there? Dr. Carrie Made is going to be there. And she was last with me uh, at the, well, I saw her anyway, at the uh, Dr. Batar event, Advanced Medicine. Uh, and that was in San Antonio. And she's been through a lot in her life, including that plane crash. We'll see how her ankle is doing since then as well. And look forward to previewing what she'll be talking about at the Red Pill Expo, as well as what I'll be presenting. And uh, Super Don, if all goes well, we'll have a top of the hour education break. If not, we'll be back really quickly with some announcements and uh, Dr. Kerry Made here on the Robert Scott Bell Show, where I simply remind you that the power to heal is yours. Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. All right, cranking it up for health, freedom, and healing liberty. Two hours a day, six days a week around planet Earth. Did I say around? Yeah, I did. I said around planet Earth. Uh, what does that mean? Oh, I won't get into that controversy right now. Uh, but I will uh, talk about the Red Pill Expo. We will, in fact. Uh, just a few minutes, we'll have Dr. Carrie Made back on the Robert Scott Bell Show. She'll be speaking at the event. I want to hear a little bit about what she'll be covering as well as any other updates we can get from her as uh, she stood strong and spoken truth to power, despite all the obstacles and threats to her uh, very ability to be the doctor that she is. Uh, so we got that coming up. Also, I want to uh, do a, a shout out. Thank you to Tor McPartland from Orange Guard. That's our, uh, our one of our favorite products. It's a delimining-based pesticide that is safe to use, doesn't harm your kids or your pets, and it's OMRI listed for organic agriculture. I've even used it in my greenhouse to get rid of aphids. And it's a brilliant thing because it's just basically a distillate from the orange peel, from the citrus peel. This is God's medicine, God's uh, solution for pests. You can kill the fire ants and not have them hurt you. Again, you're not going to harm your kids or your pets. It, in fact, the limonene has been studied at the University of Arizona and elsewhere, and it's found to be an anti-cancer agent. Imagine that not one that causes cancer, unlike all the other synthetic toxic poisonous pesticides. So you have an ability to take care of the little critters you don't want around your house safely. And we gave away, I said, I should say Tor did. We got you guys to send in pictures that bought stuff at your local Ace hardware store and uh, Whole Foods or on Amazon or, or direct at orangeguard.com. And you sent in a nice group, bunch of pictures. And we drew through the magic of the spinning wheel, one of you uh, to basically... Well, give away the most awesome thing, a whole gallon of the uh, orange orange guard. Uh, Super on, can you show that? See if I can hear again. There it is. 
Oh, and I did it again. I'm just pulling my earphones right out of my head. There we go. I think I can hear again. There. I did. Oh, our winner. Who was it that won yesterday? It was Meredith Gabriel. And she's like in some place in South Carolina I'd never heard of, like an island or something? Yeah. And it was funny because, uh, you know, I'd said when I, when I saw the picture, I'm like, I, I don't know. This looks like it must be her daughter or something. Yeah. And she wrote me back. She's like, no, that's me. She says, I'm 44 years old. And I'm like, you no way you're 44 years old. Get out of here. It looks like your teenage daughter. But apparently that that uh, that is Meredith Gabriel. Congratulations, she Meredith. She was the winner. Yep. Yeah. And thanks for... Thanks for sending in those pictures with Orange Guard. There are solutions to the environment that don't mean we can't address things that we want to address, and yet we can do so safely, which is really kind of awesome. So we got that going on. Thank you for that. As well as uh, Nutritional Frontiers, remember the RSB 15 code, uh, orangeguardagain.com. Uh, I was talking about as well, uh, the, there you go, the, the CBD that's certified organic U.S. grown. I was talking about the uh, Cardio Miracle as well, because that has really facilitated oxygen transport, uh, vascular health, endothelial recovery. And, I, and I've got, you know, at almost a mile high where I do my uh, uh, exercise, my boxing, kickboxing, at 56 to be able to, to beat people in their 20s and 30s at these challenges. Now, this week, Super Don, you'll be happy to know I'm not going to win the challenge of the week because it involves squatting. <laughs> like, yeah, I know, exactly. I'm just like, look, I can't compete with the ladies when it comes to, the, you know, doing the, uh, those. I'm like, ow, my hamstrings are still sore for Monday. I'm like, fine, I don't need to win that one. It's okay. So I thought you'd be pleased to know <laughs> that I won't win the challenge of the week this week. Yes. And I'm okay with that. Uh, but, you know, there are You got to let other people win once in a while, Robert. Come on. I know it's annoying. I know. But I'm an old guy. I'm, I'm happy to be healthy and fit considering I was ill for 24 years. Zero to 24 is chronically ill. So you got to give me some leeway when I'm excited about being able to do stuff in my 50s I couldn't do in my 20s. It's awesome. And you can do it too. That's why I say come with me. We got lots of stuff, including what I'll share at the Red Pill Expo as MC, and I'll, and I'll be speaking on. You do not suffer from a drug deficiency. Nobody does. It's so obvious, but we forget that. Now, real quick, as we open up this hour, Kerry uh, Made is about to join us. Uh, there's a headline out of The Defender. It says, Pfizer is working to fast-track more vaccines for pregnant moms despite mounting evidence rushed COVID shots harmed babies and are harming babies, harming, inf harming fertility, causing miscarriages, all kinds of disasters. And, of course, with any kind of emergency situation, they don't even have to go through full licensure. You can still be in clinical trials and re release it under emergency uh, rule and, and, and no accountability. Should you be injured or killed or a baby be injured or killed, you can't sue them. The government has them covered. Pretty amazing. Secondary uh, article that we added into the notes from uh, Dr. Robert Malone's substack, board-certified obstetrician cries stop. He pro promoting the SARS-CoV-2 genetic vaccination is pregnancy is an unprecedented ethical breach. It's so obvious, yet so many will not see it, will not report on it. But we will and we do. And you know who else will speak up on this? Dr. Carrie Made. And let's bring her in right now. Back to the Robert Scott Bell Show. She's going to join me and so many other awesome people at the Red Pill Expo. Carrie, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on your show. Good to see, see you. you. You're another one. I look at you, and I'm thinking, you're your daughter. You know what I'm saying? You're like a teenager still. It's like, how could you be a doctor even? Uh, these filters do a great <laughs> job on your skin, I'll tell you. I've seen you in real life, and you do look that young. So you're amazing what you do. Uh, Considering as well, 
the, you know, we didn't talk since that happened. Obviously, we sent everybody here prayers for your recovery. I, what a, I mean, it's like a TV movie or a movie that you crashed yeah. in an airplane. And it's, I'm not going to say you walked away because of what happened to your ankle, but you're walking now. Um, what can you tell us about your recovery or anything that you've learned from that experience? Because that was, oh, man, life and death. Well, it was quite surreal. It, it still is. Um, I don't know if you heard this part of the story, but about 25 years ago, um, God gave me a message. He said, you will not die in a plane crash. That's not how you will leave this world. And so that always stuck with me. And the day before the plane crash, I was telling that story to some of my friends. Uh, so it was fresh in my mind. So of course, as the plane had engine trouble and it was apparent we were going to crash, that thought came on my head. But then I realized he didn't say that I wouldn't crash. Oh, <laughs> I never my thought gosh. about that. Yeah. So then I realized this is going to really, really, really hurt. But I was praying the entire time and it took a while. It was a kind of a long conversation with God. And mm -hmm. um, I knew it was, a, it was his will, what, what happened and that we we're the, that I and the, uh, and the pilot that were still alive is a miracle because the impact was, was severe mm -hmm. and um, the seats broke open. That's how much of an impact we had a, a pretty much a free fall drop from 2000 feet. At least wow. the engine completely stopped and then there was no glide just started to drop. Um, and then we were in dropping into the woods from the top. So they, you couldn't see anything but pine branches. There's completely blind. And luckily my face was saved because I think it was God. Somebody, God told me, turn your head. Turn, so I turned my head right before the impact. And otherwise I would have, uh, wow. had a lot of scarring on my face and I'm a woman, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so of course there was a shock. It felt like a bomb went off. All your senses were overwhelmed and um, the pilot lost consciousness uh, first. And so I went into doctor mode and that's when I, um, you know, realized my leg was pretty bad. My foot was turned 120 degrees, the opposite direction. So hmm. I had to get pressure off that. That's when I put myself out onto the wing. I opened the door and was able to crawl or put my back wow. out onto the wing yeah. to get the pressure off. And so the pilot regained consciousness, and then, in long story short, uh, had to find a phone to call nine one one. The air traffic control never knew we were crashing, but never called nine one one. The locator never went off. Oh so uh, luckily, um, called nine one one. But after fifteen minutes, they didn't know where we were at because, just so you know, it's only in the movies that they know where you're at by talking on the phone. Right. Only in a big city. I didn't know that. I just thought, hey, they're gonna the find world. us very rural area that didn't have a lot of towers and other things to triangulate. Yeah. yeah. So when I realized that nobody was coming, I uh, asked the, the um, dispatch, I said, I don't think you know where we're at. And she finally admitted, no, we don't. So I'm like, it could, could have told me that earlier. Um, so I said, well, I'm going to pin my location. So that's very important for people to know. Always know how to pin your location. It could save your life because it saved our lives. Hmm. So I pinned the location um, to a family member of the pilot. The dispatch called them, found it. But again, they still couldn't come that close or find us because it was a large wooded area and we dropped from the top, not from the side. And so the 20 so yeah, It wasn't easy to see where you went. It was like the canopy was still there of the trees. Yeah. So yeah. there's 20 units surrounding. So then the dispatch said, okay, so now, and this an hour had gone by and it was really hot. It was so hot that I had burns through my clothing on my skin. Wow. 
from the wing. So it was quite hot. Um, and she said, you're going to have to scream with everything you've got for them to really know where you're at. And that's when all of a sudden, even though I was going into shock, I had the voice of a lion. God, it was God's voice. Yeah. And I could scream so loud. Um, and that's how the sheriff, one of the sheriffs found us. Um, they had to cut down trees, get a air back out. Wow. But um, definitely it, all the glory goes to God. And when I realized I was actually alive, I couldn't believe I was alive. I was like, this is crazy. How did I survive? How do we survive? But I was praising God, right? You know, when I realized uh, we survived. Mm -hmm. And um, when they took me to the trauma unit, they uh, initially thought I would be paralyzed by the initial CAT scan. So um, when I heard that I was going to be paralyzed, they thought I was quite sure that was happening. I said, nope, I didn't survive just to be paralyzed. Not happening. I had such a strength of mind, which is very mm -hmm. important. At that time, people were praying as well, and I, I feel that was incredibly powerful. So about two or three hours later, the same doctors came back in, and they said, well, we don't know what happened. I guess we all looked at the scans wrong. We reviewed the scans again, and you're not in danger of being paralyzed. So, right. you know, you're well, they have to uh, put pins into the bones to reconnect it properly as it's being twisted around, as you described? Yes, it was a crush injury. So um, they were able to put the plates and pins in um, yeah. and the, he did an amazing job. Uh, yeah. I'm missing a lot of bone. Uh, so luckily the bone is starting to grow in, which that that's wasn't a for sure thing. Um, right. Probably are, a whole year. Symphytum, um, um, which is the homeopathic remedy for comfrey. Are you doing a poultice outside the, the area? Because that also is God's medicine for healing bones mm -hmm. in that way. I've been doing a lot of things, um, castor oil packs with frankincense mm -hmm. and myrrh on the mm -hmm. outside. Um, but of course, some frequency medicine. I have a juvet plate, which is micro impact and taking mm -hmm. some supplements as well. So, um, Very good. but uh, definitely I'm walking without crutches. Um, so, it's, it's, you know, in a whole year, it'll take to heal. Dr. Made, the uh, uh, Jonathan Emord, who was on, you know, just before us, before you were on, he, you know, is... is toying with a run, and I think he will, uh, for the United States Senate. And he, at one of the events he hosted at his house uh, against CRT and everything like that, he broke his ankle in a similar injury, although a land-based injury, like yours, twisted it around. And I'm like, well, oh, that's interesting. What, what's going on with these ankles and the support and then not being willing to let that slow you down or stop you on your mission? Again, the, the folks that have this passion for life and a mission from God, you know, like the Blues Brothers, but more deep and not Hollywoodized, uh, there's ways to heal that defy even the greatest medical minds. And, you know, I appreciate, what do I appreciate about allopathic medicine is exactly what you went through, a recovery that would have been impossible to put this back together, Humpty Dumpty, that kind of concept. That's where it shines. Yet, as you know, as a physician, especially through the, the COVID years we've come through, the allopathic physicians have to wake up and realize that what they are trained in in Flexner Report medical schools is not necessarily the support of humans through nutrition, right? The, the, it's like you have to go outside of your training to learn that. And yeah. you have been uh, willing to engage as many physicians that, uh, that I call friends have been. And the question I have for you is, in the midst of the COVID and everything that was happening, why weren't you one of those physicians that put on pharmaceutical horse blinders and said, I'm just going to do what Fauci tells me and the government tells me and the licensing board tells me, rather than stand up and step up and then be the the, the recipient of you know all the attacks like many physicians our friends have. You know, what was it in you that said, 
I am not going to stand or sit in fear while I'm witnessing what's happening here. Um, my journey in this we call it fight happened. Uh, it's it's been going on for a long time before even social media. So I'm mm -hmm. not new to this. Um, many stories, but I think I was just born knowing that I'm a free soul, and you know I'm a child of God, and I believe that with my whole being. And so anything that goes against that, um, I stand up for it because that's the hill I'm willing to die on. I won't compromise who and what I am. I know who I am. I know what I am. And um, everybody has that choice. So no one's going to take away my freedom of speech. No one will take away my freedom to think and my freedom to love. And um, will not take away my human rights, not without me uh, standing up for what is right. So that's, that's what makes me tick no matter what. So I don't care what a mandate is or a rule or a law. If it goes against God's law, if it goes against uh, human rights, it doesn't stand true for me. So those are the, the higher laws that I follow. Um, and this is a serious time that we're going mm -hmm. through. Of course, I think a lot of people understand what's at stake, but maybe not all understand. Um, we have a window of opportunity to change things around to make it right. Um, what's exciting about even, I guess, the silver lining of all these bad things that have happened is that people's eyes are opening up to um, how our body can heal. heal. Yes. What are some other ways that we could be doing this? And seeing that we have been lied about our bodies, about injections called vaccines, about allopathic medicine, and not all of it's bad. Like, you mm -hmm. know, I had to well, get we the surgery. The goodness. Yeah, there's a place yeah. for it, uh, you know, but the arrogance of medical man seems to know no bounds. And it, it, and then when it, it, when it lacks that, wisdom from our creator and becomes arrogant. Like I am smarter than God. I mean, I see that that's the M deity concept that uh, has happened uh, by being an exalted, elevated status through licensure, et cetera. It's a, it's a, it's a play on our egos and it's a deception. And, and any of us can fall prey to that. I, I'm not saying I'm not vulnerable at any point. I, I try to be humble in that, but the reality is as a profession, we've seen a lot of it being driven by ego, not by God, not by spirit. And we want to get back to that body, mind and spirit. And that means cooperating with all forms of natural and unnatural. I mean, all the healers coming together, which I've seen like never before in my lifetime because of what happened in COVID, the deceptions become revealed and the doctors with the good hearts, with the good connections have come together to work together, cooperate, to share information and not be driven by ego as much as, hey, what is helping? What is working? And so I'm encouraged too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, seeing a lot more people work together now. And I hope that continues and goes forward. The other thing is um, many people, they didn't want to hear anything about energy or frequency and called this voodoo or occultism. And of course, oh. it, it, you could twist it into that way. Mm -hmm. But the good thing is people now understand that they haven't been taught everything in school how our body works and how the world works and how we can heal our bodies. So that's really exciting is that people are seeing, wow, um, light can heal, you know, frequency, sound can heal, um, lasers, crystals mm -hmm. are working through lasers. All these things can heal our body. They've just been hidden from us. So this is opening up a whole new paradigm of, of how we heal. And, mm -hmm. you know, of course, you know, how we ourselves emit frequency. And, and if we are positive people, we heal our body, we can change our crystalline structure. All of these things are proven by science. This is nothing that we're just saying. Um, I think that's just fascinating. And all of this, I, I'm a strong believer, all this is backed up with scripture too. It doesn't go mm -hmm. against scripture uh, at absolutely. all. 
That's a big part of what I want to relate as well at the Red Pill Expo in my opening talk. And I'm curious just as well as uh, what you're planning to present. You don't have to give away your whole talk, but certainly (laughs) uh, a little bit of the insight to what you're bringing to the Red Pill Expo this weekend. Well, so I think most people know that I talk about the dangers of transhumanism and what's inside of these vials. And I was warning people before the the, uh, injections called vaccines even came out because I knew about the ingredients and how did I know about those? That's the stories I, those are the stories I will tell. So it started in medical school where I was, I had a microbiology professor who worked for the military and she showed us her pet project on mycoplasma pneumonia, which is the most evolved organism, which really means it's a, it's a gain of function, a bioweapon. So she showed us pictures. I learned a lot and I realized what I w- we were looking at in the class was a miniature robot, which was called the neurotoxin of this bacteria, which blew our minds away. It was 1998. We didn't have cell phones. Um, but that led to me learning more about uh, transhumanism when I went to um, scientific meetings, World Congress uh, meetings. I'll show slides about that, what I learned about in that meeting with uh, Dr. Craig Ventner. Uh, He's the uh, scientist that invented synthetic life. And what we're dealing with right now goes along with his inventions and what he was working on and what his intention was. So the important thing is to know, yes, we have these technologies. Yes, we have these inventions out there. But what is the intention behind that? Is it really for making the human body healthy and good and for the wellness of the world? And um, what I'll present to you is, what I saw and what they told me and everybody else in the audience about what the real purpose was. And I didn't go through all of those experiences for nothing. I, I know that I'm still here for a purpose as well as everybody that's listening right now, we all have a role to play. And I know that it was to, um, to sound the alarm and give a warning and show people that we're at a crossroads right now. To me, we're um, in the Garden of Eden all over again with two trees, the tree of knowledge and the tree of life, right? And and there's a temptation to eat from those trees. You will live eternally in the transhumanism world. You'll be superhuman. You'll have this brilliant mind and you'll be you'll have superhuman strength. But be mm. careful because it's real th- this is just history replaying itself. To me, they're tricking you into devolving your body, into going to a lower life form than what you are now. And I think the second thing, my message is to remind people who and what they are, because if you understood the miraculous nature of our body, what we can heal from is outstanding. Mm -hmm. Our body can regenerate every single cell. Our whole body can actually regenerate every organ healthy. I've seen it happen. We're just unaware that this can happen. We are amazing beings, mind, body, and spirit. And if you understood that, then you would have less fear and hopefully you'll have no fear. Mm -hmm. So I think that's exciting. Well, yeah, I'd like to uh, uh, suffer from a fear deficiency disorder, uh, which is not a disorder, of course. It means you're living your purpose. You know who you are. You know why you're here. And I encourage people to do that. As I've, uh, you know, assessed in my time as a homeopath for almost 30 years, that my job isn't even to find the right remedy or remedies for you. It's to reconnect you to source of all healing, which is your divinity. And in that, you will be guided, as I will be, uh, to help in that way and help yourself. And I see your life being led that way. And and I can also see by what you're saying and, and the things you're bringing to reality, why you are being attacked so viciously by so many. 
Because, you know, when we talk about energy medicine and the fact that we can heal from anything, it is one of the greatest, most threatening statements and beliefs to the, the dominant world religion, which is not Christianity, Judaism, or Islam. It's pharmaceutical mysticism. It's, it's, that's become the world religion, uh, you know, that people on the left right now are worshiping medicine and doctors and Fauci's and, and shots like they're sacrament in, in a church. And, and so, you know, by turning away from that, which is the source of all wisdom and healing and, and worshiping the mind, the ego, thinking that we can outcreate creation itself uh, by injecting, or as you point out, transhumanism, we can connect your consciousness or your brain or your mind to a computer or a computer chip. I mean, what a false bill of goods that is. But these people are so afraid of dying that they're willing to embrace living as a computer, which is like a lower life form if it's a life form at all. It's true. Yeah. And um, you, we have to understand the mindset of these people that are pushing the agenda. What do they stand for? Who do they serve? There's too many references to the satanic and the black magic occultism that they're all associated with. I mean, that, that is truly their master and who they serve. And they'll use their symbolism and the words everywhere. If you look for it, you'll see it. But, you know, when you're listening to them speak, they'll say things like, what is God? God creates. Now I can create or we can create. Now we're gods. Are you mm -hmm. kidding me? <laughs> or uh, Ray Kurzweil, he said, uh, I don't believe there's a God, but soon there will be one. We will make one. We will build one. Really? Or many of the others will say that their goal is to become gods. Now, do you think they think all of us should become gods? No, no, no. Only a few of them should become gods. Mm -hmm. And the rest of us, just little peons, just the control. They actually call themselves controllers and the rest of the people controlled. And so this is what you have to understand. If this is their technology that they're using in these new shots, and this is who, who they are, who they serve, and this is what they believe about you, that you're nothing, do you actually? believe them that this is for your that this is for the betterment of humanity it truly isn't it's just a lie it's a deceit but it's not too late so no matter even if you took a couple of shots i absolutely believe if you if you say no more we call that repentance no more i won't do it anymore and you uh, use your free will yeah. and i believe in prayer very much so we need god we cannot separate ourselves from god at all right now um and i do believe in frequencies here you know if you wipe the program of these things that people can heal i've seen it mm -hmm. so oh I, as never I, lose hope. and i appreciate again your willingness to speak up and speak out despite all of the things that might be thrown your way we we've certainly been the recipient of some of those things over the years but it uh, doesn't doesn't dissuade me at all from the reality of living in connection with the source of all creation acknowledging it being guided by it constantly and you know i i was on a um, a radio show last week, uh, Jason Preston, nice man. And, uh, it was, a topic was God in America for a couple hours. We were talking about that and, uh, fascinating. I love to have th that kind of discussion with folks. And I said, it's interesting what we've been through as Americans. You know, most of us, uh, have lived a life of relative ease. Even if you haven't been super wealthy, we live the life of Kings and Queens just as a middle-class American from the, you know, recorded history. People didn't live like this. And we have now, of course, generations, young generations, um, complaining about pronouns. They've never actually had to work a day in their life to understand how and where food comes from. And many of us didn't have to either because it magically appears in the stores. Now we're being threatened with it might not appear in the stores. Suddenly we've got to 
uh, come back and say, well, wait a second. What, what is life about? How does it actually happen? Do we actually have to work for it? We have to do stuff too, really? And at, at that point, many people will become, uh, let's say, more interested in God and prayer. But that tends to be the, there are no atheists in the foxhole scenario. And, and the question is, can you choose a spiritual life when things are going well? Because that to me is a great gift to God. Like you, you mean you, you have it so well and you still choose me, right? That I'm thinking that's something that we all, all maybe fallen down on at one point or a lot of our lives. And I see the great opportunity here to wake up and, and change course, change direction. I'm not doing it for anybody else. I can't, I'd like to inspire people to do it. I know you are too. Uh, but this is quite an extraordinary time, and I'm encouraged by what's happening, not discouraged. This had to happen, I tell people, because just think about before this pandemic, I people were the walking dead already. You know, the disconnect that we had from the world um, on the digital devices, you know, look at the people sitting around a, a dining room table on their phones. Nobody really, or if they ate, they never ate together. Um, people just didn't meet anymore. There just wasn't any connection to anything. So the shaking that's happening, in my opinion, had to happen because to wake us up, mm. to bring us into what it is to be alive and to be connected to the world, to God, to ourselves. I think a lot of people are disconnected from their, um, themselves, mm. right? To find a purpose. Um, so it's it's the lens that you look at it through. So if you stay in fear and panic and apathy, which are really low energies, mm -hmm. yes, it's awful. But remember, you have a choice yeah. and you have a choice to be empowered. And that's my choice to have no fear and um, take authority of myself, take dominion over this is my land This is mm -hmm. because I'm a child of God, as we all should be doing. And um, when you walk that fearless uh, route, then you become alive again. It's like it's a whole new way of being. Um, and I'm seeing more and more people do that, um, every day, which is exciting. And I pray that we have more and more because, um, you know, the old life that we had, what 50% of people could expect to get cancer, how the autism rate was the divorce rate. Everybody's on meds for mood. Um, always afraid of losing your job. I mean, this is, you want to go back to that? No, genocide is happening. We have the most slaves ever in humanity right now, most slaves. No, that is not what we were supposed to live in. This is not the world that, that is supposed to be for us. But we have to be grown ups and mature mm -hmm. and spiritually mature and say, okay, yeah. now I take authority and responsibility, and this is what I do about it. Just do not comply, don't consent to these things that are tyrannical and stand up for the weaker and more fragile for our elderly and the children. That's, mm -hmm. that's what this is all about is about growing up spiritually and being responsible. And mm -hmm. the reward is wonderful. To do Super that. Don, do you have a uh, Dr. Carrie's webpage up? You can show it. Uh, we have it. Carrie C A R R I E M A D E J.com. Uh, let's see if we can show it to everybody. It's linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. It looks like, um, there's some kind of membership people can get, uh, to, is this part of like a, uh, retainer to have you as a consultant doctor or tell me a little bit about what you're doing there. Oh, so you can sign up for a, a subscriber as a newsletter, which is free. And also every Tuesday at 7 PM, we have a membership group where we 
sly. We go over different topics of all different kinds. And um, also it's a Q&A that's live. So we can uh, you can ask questions directly to me or the speaker that's there. So um, it's a really amazing group. I, I get so much out of it. So that's $15 a month that you can join for that. So live Q&A. Okay, excellent. And and Super Don, didn't you have a question as well? We were talking the other day about having uh, Carrie back on the show. Seriously, and, you're going to yeah, do this? Yes, because it's fun. And Carrie's awesome. She smiles through it all. She's been through much tougher things than this, this interview. And there are you, Super Don. You're not that intimidating with your new microphone and new board. All right, so <laughs> you're such a jerk. Um, so, yeah, so... Uh, we were talking about getting you on the show, and when I said your name, I said Midday. Now, does anybody else do that? Most people say Midday. Okay. And yeah. so so do you, like, throw things at them? Do you get angry no. and, no. like, unfriend uh -uh. them on Facebook and, <laughs> you know, call call the police? No. Or so? Okay. Because Robert <laughs> kept giving me a hard time, and he's, you know, so we we just had it. I told him, I said, I'm, I was going <laughs> to add, I, I guess, I suppose I set myself up for this one here. Because mm -hmm. I said I was going to ask you, so you did so, say it. I wasn't. Are, are you? Are you? Are you? Are you upset with me because I didn't say Ma Day? No, not at all. Okay. I mean, most thank people you, say Ma Day. I'd say ninety-eight yeah. percent of people say Ma Day. All right, thank you very much. So, Robert, you're the weird one, then. I'm not the weird. I, I thought this would be a great opportunity for everybody that knows and loves Dr. Carrie Ma Day that they'll hear it uh, from her directly. In yeah. this case, I say Ma Day no, because Ma Day is the correct way. Is that correct? Yes, Maday. Okay, uh -huh. all right. So, yeah, yeah. perfect. Yes, okay. I, I mean, this is better than most of my life. People would say it, Mayjay or Madage or something. Yeah. Like that. So, um, so, the origin of the last better. name, though, that's something I don't know if I've asked you about the origin because it's obviously not a, a name most people are familiar with here in America. It's a very, very old name. Uh, it's Polish. However, it's before Poland was Poland, maybe mm -hmm. from the Medes. But um, unfortunately, in World War II, most of the Mades were killed. Mm. Um, so I have a great aunt and uncle. Uh, they passed away, but they survived the concentration camps. Okay. And they were hidden in Detroit. So um, unfortunately, not many Mades are left in Poland. More are in the United States right now. So it's, it's an old name. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's like in Detroit, it's Motown Made. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, my, my name is not uh, all American, Bell, because my ancestors came from, some came from Poland anyway, the ones lineaged up. And uh, Belitsky was cut off at the Statue of Liberty and became Bell some generations they ago. They cut off a lot of your name then. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> I have a lot of different backgrounds, Scottish and Finnish and mm -hmm. French, so not just, yeah. Awesome. Heinz 57. We, yeah, we have the Red Pill Expo coming. I'm so glad that you're going to be here for that. And that's going to be a, a lot of fun to connect. And it's just a great, great time. And I'm, I want to urge everybody, if you haven't uh, decided to come to it or watch it online, we have a link to tickets, 10% off. Use the code RSB. Uh, let's see. We got, I think they did better with Dr. Carey's cartoon than mine. Is Are you in there? Where are you hiding? Which one is that? She's right next to you. Oh, right there. Yeah. yeah. Look yeah, at that. Look there. at me. I've got a that's big funny. face. <laughs> I have like. You so are, Robert, you are retaining water like I've never oh, seen wait. before. Water retention in that uh, cartoon of me. But yeah. there's, uh, uh, we got, um, let's see, David Martin's going to be there. Sherry Peel Jackson, which we had on last week as well. Uh, let's see who else is in this list. Uh, Sheriff Richard Mack, uh, Dan Happel, of course. Mickey Willis, Del Bigtree, yeah. Sherry Jackson, Mark Herr we had on yesterday. 
Yeah, Mark was great. And yeah. look, these are folks that are not only helping you see through a lot of the illusion and delusions, but also providing pathways out of this mess. And that's why I love getting together at these events like we did at the uh, Advanced Medicine Conference with our good buddy, Dr. Batar. It's not a, a, a gripe fest. Certainly, we, we talk about the things that have gone wrong, but also in the context to say, hey, here's what's wrong. Now let's show you what's right and what we can do about it. And even in this appearance today, Carrie, you, you've related beautiful things and beautiful realities that even if you've gotten these jabs, there's a way that it can be corrected. And first, repenting, right? No more, right? That's an important part Absolutely. of this. That's why I, I find it so sad that people are saying, can we just all get along? Can we have amnesty? And these are people that are not repenting and re resenting anything they've done. They resent that we were right. Uh, you know, they say you were right accidentally and that, that we were wrong. It wasn't because we didn't, we just didn't know. Well, how did we know? How are we speaking out about no, this? No. If you couldn't no. know, you could have known. Well, particularly people in the science medical field, they all, they all know better. Right. I mean, it just absolutely not. Um, but they would say the same thing. Well, I, I need, I need the money. And mm -hmm. so you see which one was more important to them, the sacredness right. of life or money. And um, mm -hmm. it's unfortunate. So we need to, we need to um, support the people that do the right thing and not participate in the system that puts money above a human life. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. And, that, and it is a tough one because we have become so materialistic as a culture. A lot of people around the planet have, but in the Western world in America, that we can't conceive or perceive of making a choice based on uh, spiritual guidance of doing the right thing of not harming somebody. Because if you, if, if you, if you don't harm them, you'll lose your job. Or if you don't allow them to be harmed, you'll lose your job. It's like, how, how did that become a, a choice even that we would make? Well, yeah, I still have to keep my job. I get the idea of materialistic sense. You're like, you don't know how to feed yourself if you don't have a job, but there's so much more in terms of guidance and ability to out-create, not the creator, but out-create the bad guys here that are trying to limit your ability to, to co-create your life with God, with spirit, and all of the things that would say, you know what? This job is not worth ending a human life or human lives about, and I can't do it. And I don't know what it means or what it's going to be next because I don't have a job line. You know, at a certain point, you got to go, it ain't right to take these lives. This is not about defense of life in a warfare situation. This is about ending lives because we want to just do what we're told. We're following orders. And we keep hearing this. I was just following orders. I was just following orders. Did we learn nothing from World War II? No, it's a continuation of World War II is what's happening right now. But mm -hmm. I, I believe in eternity. I know it's real. And... So I, who cares about this blip of this life when you look at eternity mm -hmm. and what your actions do here will determine what happens to you eternally. If you think about that, there is to me, there's no question about what to do here. Um, you know, if you get two people that are fearless together, that's really powerful. You get another two, you get 40 other, if you get a dozen, that is just magnificent that mm -hmm. is powerfully uh, that is powerful in an energetic way but a physical way as well and that's what this world needs and that's what i i do believe we will see and i can't wait to see that that moment happen so we should always do the right thing stand for what is right bring back god into everything and we can make heaven on earth if we choose to do that it's all up to us because we have free will so um, 
I'm here to support everybody and I'm here to um, always stand for what is right and true. And, um, and of course I'm here doing this for the children because they need a voice. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Dr. Carrie Monde, anything else after the red pill expo in this calendar year, any other events we should know about? Uh, no, not until after the new year, but, um, it's busy doing some more research. So we'll see what comes of that research. Um, working mm -hmm. with a couple of practitioners though, it's exciting to see what they're doing, how they're helping some people that yes. have got the jabs. So like I said, that's exciting and never lose hope. Um, we, there, there are answers if you, you look for them. So I'm just reassuring people about that. Um, we do need to educate ourselves more and speak up because part of what I'll go over in my, my talk is um, what, what the scientists have been doing other than what's inside these shots. You know, uh, I don't know if you know that they've been getting samples from Mars. Do you know that? <laughs> what are you talking about? The planet Mars? Yes. The planet Mars. Even if you're oh. flat earth or they're just saying they're getting it from Mars. Okay. This is somewhere okay. that's not earthbound. Okay. Right. So how they're doing this is that, you know, they do have robots there and they're collecting samples. Mm -hmm. So they're able to scan anything and pick up its genetic code. So that's analog. And then they ah. can convert it to digital, digital ones yeah. and zeros. Yeah. And so when Mars is closest to the earth, this is what they're saying. They can, they can send that, um, send that code, that binary code through um, the, you know, the space and mm -hmm. that can reach earth in 4.3 minutes. So then that's downloaded. Once it's downloaded, they can then upload it again, convert it to analog and they can actually put it inside, let's say a bacteria. They can actually get that genome to then be reproduced inside that, let's say it's an E. coli bacteria. They can literally make whatever that was there on Mars, here on Earth. They say, don't worry, they have secure labs. Yeah, yeah, we've seen how secure those labs secure are. Labs. Dude, so, I mean, this is, this is again, CRISPR technology, genetic engineering. This is again, man playing God without the wisdom of God. And it's that's what's destructive. That's what can destroy us. This is what why we need to speak up. Because mm -hmm. if we don't speak up about the, it's just the shots. Well, these, they're not going to stop until someone says no, <laughs> you know, this is like a exactly. toddler out of control. I always say yeah. it's like a toddler with an atomic bomb in his hands. You know, you're following them around. It, it's, it just takes us collectively to say no. Um, so, you know, these are some things that we need to understand that mm -hmm. they're doing. And you can look this up online, look up Mars bacteria. There's one that they found, they call Conan the bacterium. Conan um, the Good Lord. Yeah. 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 So, well, I, you know, it's, it's just that we have to realize it's up to us and what happens. And so mm -hmm. your apathy is still an answer. I tell people, so don't let someone choose your words for you. Mm -hmm. You speak your mind and you speak your own words and mm -hmm. uh, we can turn it around. Well, Dr. Carey, you're doing amazing work. I'm so glad uh, I know you this lifetime. Anything I can do to help you, just let me know. And if you have some more breakthroughs or things that you find from working with these other practitioners, uh, f feel free to join me here on the show and, and let the world know as well. Happy to do so. I'm looking forward to seeing you at the Salt Palace Convention Center the 12th and 13th of November coming up this weekend with G. Edward Griffin and amazing souls that are coming together at the Red Pill Expo. Um, so we'll see you real soon. 
Great. Yeah. And Dr. Monzo will be there at the Red Pill as well. And he's helped a lot of people with his uh, frequency medicine. It's interesting to talk to him about that. Yeah, I'll need to get him on the show too. I'll, I'll have my broadcast equipment there to go at least get some records done uh, while we're in uh, that facility together. It's a great opportunity to do so. So again, thank you for all that you're doing, Dr. Kerry Monday. I appreciate you. And thanks for, <laughs> for tolerating my humble and lovable producer, Super Don, and his mispronunciation of your name. It's my pleasure being here. Great to talk with both of you. And now everybody knows how to say it. So no excuses, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Carey. She's amazing. Love, love, love the message. Very empowering and uplifting. And I'm grateful for that. Anytime we can feature that here. Uh, we have a lot of discussions about a lot of different topics. You know, if you try to pigeonhole the Robert Scott Bell show, it doesn't easily work. You know, I talk about healing on all levels. I mean it. Physical, emotional, mental, etheric. Uh, political, economic, spiritual, all of that is what we discuss here. And I'm, you know, I'm made better for it by having these discussions with all of you. And now that we have these boards, eventually, if you have questions, we might be able to coordinate getting you on the phone call live on the air. So that's something that we're look, looking at. We did proof of concept yesterday. We were able to do that. Super Don was amazing figuring that out so fast uh, that it happened in real time before our very eyes. So thank you all for supporting us and upgrading the equipment here to be able to do this job uh, that is not a job. It's an adventure. <laughs> it's a wonderful opportunity to serve too, uh, to be able to do what I do here and what Super Don does there. And uh, Super D, again, I did not throw you under the bus. I thought it was an awesome opportunity for everybody to hear how to pronounce Dr. Carey's last name. So thank you. Um, yeah, I'm sure. And no, true. Uh, it's true. I, that's what I thought. I just Are got you, a funny email. What is it? Did somebody say that uh, from Officer Hayes is still there? Officer Hayes. We haven't heard from him in I quite know. a while. We miss you, Officer Hayes. Thank you for being <laughs> in the audience. I just wish we love interacting with you. And yes, we do have some people that believe in flat earth uh, theory or they think it's not a theory. And we're okay with that. Yes. Um, you know, everybody's got different views on it. And, I, you know, I try to be a living example that we can coexist and even enjoy each other's company and like and respect and appreciate each other. Uh, and that's... Uh, Something, if I fall down on Super Don, I'll make sure I, I'll hear about it from him, right? We are a tolerant Indeed. bunch. I don't tolerate people trying to violate your life, liberty, or property, though. That's not something we can tolerate. No? No, that's not so much. That sounds, that sounds reasonable. I think so. I think so. Uh, so I got to show off here a little bit. What are you doing? I haven't mentioned it yet, but you see, I got the microphone. You got the boom. The thing going on here. Oh, yes, the floating yeah. boom. Now you need to get a, a desk that can support it better. I don't want to see you. No, the desk is all right. Okay. The desk is all right. It'll do for now. Okay. I just, it's not ideal, but yeah, I'm ha happy to, to have the new setup here. And thank you again, to, uh, specifically to Dan Larson on this one here for the microphone and the microphone boom mm -hmm. and, and others. But yes, we appreciate that. Yes. We're going to have an AMA and ask me anything, uh, the coming up, uh, I think the 19th, if I'm correct on that, let's see, what is the month today? Yes, the 19th, 19th of November. We are right now the 10th today. For those listening and watching live, we're going to have our AMA at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. It's via Zoom, so we get to see each other, see one another. And we'll make sure that, uh, you know, for all our patron supporters and those of you who have uh, donated for us to be able to get the technology upgrades that we got, we want to make sure, even if you're not on, on Patreon, that we can invite you into that meeting because you guys are going so far above and beyond to help us do this more efficiently and, uh, to overcome a lot of the obstacles, let's just say it that way, to be able to be a voice mm -hmm. for health, freedom, and healing liberty here. So thank you for that. 
All right. What other announcements we have uh, today on the show? That was good. Uh, Emore, could you, you 50 grand away from, he's going to, I think he's going to announce on the 8th of December. Oh, he's, you think so? I think on the 8th? So. And, I, and, and, if, and if it works out, I'm going to be there when he does in Virginia. So we'll get you. Nice. If anybody's out east and back in Virginia around the 8th, 9th, and 10th, you might want to come out to some of these things we'll tell you about. This will be historic, really historic. So that's kind of cool. All right, what else we got going on here? Um, you remember yesterday we we covered a story mm-hmm. and it was about kids in Canada. Mm. And it was like seven only seven percent. Seven percent of kids had, had gotten the um the, the booster. Yeah, the booster. Shot, Much less the first and shot. only yeah. and only one percent of them had gotten both shots, mm-hmm. apparently. Um, so we you know, we gave them some kudos. Um, yeah, Canada's back in the news again today. Not such a good uh, story, though. Not such, no. such, such good news. Apparently, the majority of Canadians, according to surveys mm-hmm. there, uh, would support the return of face masks in an indoor public space if deemed necessary by, I assume, the government. I would say only for ugly Canadians. That would be my <laughs> caveat. If you do that, then, then make it only for, I know that's mean, but no, look, this is so stupid. When, is there new science in Canada to support the use of masks that they actually do oh, something? They just want to get along. You know, you got to be nice. No, not on this. You got to get along there moronic. in Canada. You don't want to. This is they morons. Don't, um, morons. How is the majority of Canadians supporting? They don't make waves in Canada, apparently. See, this is where, yeah. this is what happens. Canada is what happens when you're nice to tyrants. You you get a Trudeau, Castro. We, we're just, we're more concerned with being nice than actually being accurate. You know, there are three things. If you, You've heard me say this before, and others know this. If you want a litmus of, like, should I do something? Should I say something? You can ask, is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Have you ever heard that, true, necessary, and kind, Super Don? To govern your behavior? No. You know, yes? True, necessary. And kind. And kind. Okay? No, I hadn't heard that. So if, if you know, you get mad at me. Not, I'm not saying you're mad at me. You might be. But, um, all right, is it true <laughs> that... The Canadians that support this are morons. Face masks. Ooh, that's kind of well. Harsh. Look, I'm just I'm asking: Is it true based on the science of masks? What is it actually doing to protect Canadians or anybody? Putting on no, 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 I mean we've we've pretty much figured that. In fact, they've okay. even said it themselves. Yeah. All right. They've they've said, oh, by the way, we were wrong. So the next question is: All right. So we found some level of truth to the statement that the majority of Canadians that support the return of face mask mandates are morons, right? True. Is it necessary to tell them that, though? Is it necessary? Now, okay, this is a debatable. I know, what do you think in the audience? Is it necessary? I mean, if we love our Canadian friends, they're like family to us here. We got a lot of Canadians that listen to the Robert Scott Belcher. You're probably not among those that I called the M word. (laughs) If you listen to this show regularly, if you're a fan of the Robert Scott Bell show. That's not very nice. No, no, exactly. Well, I haven't got to the kind yeah. part. You're you're jumping ahead. Okay. All right. All right. Well, you got like three minutes here. Okay, we'll get there. Is it true? Right. Yes, we figure out it's true. Is it necessary to tell them that? Now, I think it could be argued that that necessity is in order to wake them from their pharmaceutical government-induced stupor. But you know what? Here's what I'd say. What? Is it necessary at this point with mm-hmm. everything that's gone on in the last three years and all the debate and all the stuff on TV and all of the mm-hmm. protests and all of yeah. everything? 
Mm-hmm. If you still are choosing to wear a mask, I don't think it's even necessary. Why waste your time? So you're saying it's self-evident, so it's not necessary. I mean, they should already know it. They should so, know it. If they're choosing to do it anyway, I don't think you're going to morons, And it's not necessary to tell them that. That's what you're saying. Yeah. So then the third question as we are a couple of minutes here before we wrap up, is it kind to tell them that? Is it kind to tell them that it's moronic to promote and support masking because it clearly doesn't do anything but make you, I don't know, feel better, but it doesn't actually make you better. It doesn't protect you from things that are as small as what they claim were traveling around causing havoc in the society. So I guess the question, is it kind, is the only thing left? And what is, maybe that could be the, the question of the day on the, the poll question tomorrow. What, by the way, what was the poll question today? Do you have one for the newsletter? Would you vote for an independent or third-party presidential candidate? Oh, okay. Do we already have some responses to that? Uh, we do. I'll have okay. to grab them maybe on the, on the top of the hour break here real quick, and we can discuss well, that on the We're actually going to the bonus round. Or the bonus round, whatever you want to call it. The way it went fast. Also, yesterday's question about uh, do you want Trump to run again? That I want to talk about that in the bonus round, too. That was an interesting response. Okay, it says a that. lot about what Super Don, you have said. Uh, so we'll hit that. And any other questions, comments? If you got comments about what I said about our fe- fellow Canadians, can I call them fellow Canadians? Our Canadian brothers and cousins from the North uh, related to the majority apparently wanting to mask up again or supporting it. If it's deemed necessary, that's the thing. Necessary. Who deems necessary? The Canadian government? Based on what? The lack of science to support it, to validate it, that it does anything. All right, y'all. Thanks for being here. Thanks to Dr. Kerry Made. Thanks as well to Jonathan Emord. Check him out. Emord for VA. Emord for Virginia. Emord for VA.com. Support him. Get him over that hump, and we will have a major announcement. Looks like on the 8th of December in Virginia, and maybe you can be there too. Talk about that and a whole lot more. God bless y'all. Thank you for being here. The power to heal is yours. I just seeing uh, the tolerant audience that we have here in the chat room at robertscapbell.com slash listen, Mr. Murdoch, I presume. He says he even tolerates flat earther Leslie, <laughs> our good friend Leslie, who makes not flat earth pies, but amazing organic uh, and uh, no gluten fl- uh, pies, which I've had now the pumpkin pie and the apple pie. And she once sent me, um, what was it? Uh, it was, uh, what was the pie she sent? I think she sent one to you, Super D2, if I remember correctly. I think it was a pecan pie, which was amazing. So, yeah, no, she, we're a very tolerant bunch here. We believe in freedom, the freedom of, uh, to dissent from the, from the popular views. You can have an unpopular view here. That's not what we're all about, making uniformity of thought. But uh, the idea, of course, is... We encourage unpopular views. Yeah, we, I mean, we have a few of them of our own. <laughs> if, you have a, if, if, if you have the same popular view as everybody else, it's boring conversation, right? It's echo chamber. Yeah. The unpopular ones I mean, are, the, are the ones that I like. Lame. So what about the the moronic? Jay says you can call them, uh, tell them they're moronic or worse and they still won't get it because of the programming. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes you have to use offensive language, not the purpose of offending, but to kind of wake up, to nudge, kind of go, hello, you you see what's happening here? You're like, ow, ooh, ow, I don't like what you said. Well, 
you, you don't have a right, uh, let's say, to not be offended. That's an mm-hmm. interesting concept. You offended me. You should be canceled. Like, no, that, there's no right not to be offended. First Amendment was about protecting offensive speech and thought, honestly. You want to see some interesting uh, debate on that. Yeah, sure. Have you spent any time on Twitter lately? Um, Yeah, occasionally. I mean, not a lot of time, but what's on Twitter today? You need to go check out Elon Musk's tweets. Oh, yeah? Is he doing some offensive tweets? He has just been having a lot of fun at celebrities' expenses. Uh, Just, I just... It's it's funny because my my son will come up and will show me look, look what Elon Musk said here. Mm-hmm. The, the celebrities' libs are are just like losing their minds over Elon Musk owning it, and he has been uh, he's been having some fun with them. Okay, anything so, you want you want to share or just just I uh, just you know there's been a debate over the blue check mark situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard about this, but he is wanting to uh, have people pay eight bucks a month. Mm-hmm. To have the blue check mark. Should we do that? Ver- verification. I don't think I care. I don't think it matters, honestly. But you know, some people they're like, oh, I am officially the guy. You know, this is really me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the uh it's funny because these celebrities that prior to Elon Musk that had no problem spending eight dollars on a uh, a mochaccino mm-hmm. uh suddenly now are acting like it's the end of the world. Why should they have to pay eight dollars a month for their blue check mark? Right. Uh, and he's just been roasting them left and right. It's been it's been really funny. <laughs> but uh, in any case, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, there's a lot of talk about Twitter's. You know what he's trying to do. A lot of advertisers have quit. Oh yeah. You know, uh, celebrities are walking away from Twitter, and they, which is which. I, you know what the thing is? I don't think they really are. Okay. I mean, some of them have, but you know, they've all got a virtue signal. Oh, I'm going to quit. What does everybody think? It's like, why do you why do you announce it? Just quit. Just go. Yeah. You don't need to announce to everybody that you're going to quit and then wait mm-hmm. around to see what everybody says while you de- decide whether you really you are or not. You know, you really I mean, want to do it. Yeah. yeah, it's like the people saying they're going to move to Canada, you know, if so and so gets elected or whatever. And on that note, mm-hmm. uh, let's, let's take a look at the last couple of polls, today's and yesterday's. Yesterday's poll was uh, should Donald Trump mm-hmm. run for president again? Yeah, I wanted to see the results of that. I thought that was a fascinating result. It actually, I, I'm I'm happy with the result because it mm-hmm. actually it it mirrors what it is that I was saying that I thought uh, was um, a sign mm-hmm. of the election uh, that just took place. So I, I think this and, confirms what you, you what you said the other day. Yeah, I like being mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we had uh, for basically split. Yeah, almost between equal. yes and no about Donald Trump. Percent said yes, they want Trump to run again. Should he? No. Uh, 43.3% said no and Correct. 12% almost 13%. I'm not sure. Now, what yeah. I find fascinating about this, not only that you're right. No, I'm not fascinated by that. Cause you're right about a lot of stuff. Super D I think, uh, but you have your finger on the pulse. I don't know. I might've been also feeling that, you know, if you asked me that question, what do you think? Cause I, I, you didn't get a chance to do that before I saw it. So I might've kind of leaned that way too, because he's become, I guess he was divisive before, but, Good Lord, how many times in his four years did we laugh and go, do we deserve that guy? He was so- I, I was not interested in him being president. And I, I wasn't really excited by a lot of what happened when he was president. But I was really happy about some of the stuff that did happen. Yeah, calling out I, the, the press. The, I mean, he, he, the way he 
took down institutions that were revered and he did it so irreverently that I enjoyed thoroughly. Just, I would see him there were, like, Oh my gosh. You know, institutions, uh, uh, groups, organizations, things like that. I think they had gotten very comfortable over the years because there was a, like a, there was like a boundary that, that, no that didn't get crossed. There was a line that didn't get crossed. And he got in there and he just like turned it upside down and the media was losing their minds. The celebrities were moving. We enjoyed that. Did we not? It was. And he did a great job of being a disruptor. Um, Mm -hmm. But when I was watching the election results yesterday or Mm David was day before now, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, As I was watching a lot of the races that were coming in, like the local rate, you know, races and the results are like that. All of these, these races were super close. And I was looking at that and I was going, wow, that's just a real indicator about how divided this country really is still. Mm -hmm. And it also showed that the reason why, personally, I think that the reason why we didn't see the red wave Mm -hmm. was because I think a lot of people are kind of disgusted with the Republican Party, just like a lot of the the, the, the liberals are disgusted with the Democratic Party at this point. Mm. It kind of sucks. Everybody's just kind of like, you know what, our side really, you know, I'm not really excited about what's going on here either. I'm kind of discontent, disenfranchised. Mm-hmm. And so then I was thinking, you know what, this reminds me of the environment that we were in back when you had people like a Ross Perot that yeah. decided to run. It's right. Or, or when Ron Paul again. Yeah. Yeah. ran as well, where people, I think, are hungry for something different, something, mm-hmm. someone else, something that, you know, uh, is that they can believe in. That's really well, going to make a Trump change. Partially met that concept a bit, wasn't he? Because he wasn't. He, as did, but he, he blew it, in yeah. my opinion. Um, he went too far. Mm-hmm. It was just too much. It was good until it became too much. And, mm-hmm. and in my opinion. And so right. I think at this point, based on, on the way the public is, mm-hmm. and you look at the results of the election, yeah, and you even look at our unscientific poll, but I love it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I think that the it's not a slam dunk if he runs. I think if we had somebody come in mm-hmm. that was a third party alternative, um, that I think people would go for it. It would be refreshing. People could have hope again, right? And so today's question was: mm-hmm. Would you vote for an independent or third party presidential candidate? And I'm I'm encouraged again by the result of of this poll because just Let's like the poll it. we had yesterday. Can I see it? I, I'm not seeing it for some reason. It still has the Trump one you up can't for see me. It. No, that's your computer. Do you need yeah. to refresh it, or do I need to refresh? You I need. Mean, How would you, you have do to that? tell me the results? Because all I right, can't. well, yeah, your computer's not working. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we had. Uh, oh, wait a minute. I'm showing the. Uh, what's that's what on? I'm saying. I see the Trump one. Help me out here. Don't tell me my computer's not working. Well, that's really weird. (laughs) Hold on. Yeah. Why is it there? What happened here? It should be. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, stand by for just a moment here. Okay. I swear. Fix it up. The dogs. Yeah, of course. This is what happens in the bonus round. Wow. I really screwed that up, didn't I? (laughs) But everybody loves you and forgives you. And they don't call you a moron. You're all right. It's kind of like that dumb echo thing that was happening earlier in the in the show. I have no idea where well, that, that came one, from. Only that, that one happened. clip. That one clip you played of Biden was then, echoey. And, 
but it and then it didn't anything. after that. So it's yeah. like, what's going on with this? I don't understand right. it. Yeah. All right. Would you vote for an independent or third party presidential candidate? Ah, here we go. Yes. All right. We'll go full screen now. Uh, 59% said yes. Wow. Yes. 60, that was pretty good. Only six, 17% said no. And a quarter of the total respondents were like, well, I'm not sure yet. Right. Well, that's fascinating, isn't it? Um, so, you know, the argument against third party has always been, well, if you do that, then you throw it to the worst candidate to win. Unless you've got a third party candidate that will win. Yeah. But, you know, people believe that a third party can never win. That's and that, the, and the it's, programming, right? If that's the premise, yeah. uh, you know, to your, this, your, your opinion, mm-hmm. then yeah, you know, but, but why, why would a third party uh, candidate not be able to win? It's an uphill battle for an, yeah. an independent or a third party. It definitely mm-hmm. is. Yeah. As we saw, well, what the, happened the, with- the deck is stacked, you know, the, the commission on debates and all of that. I mean, they just uh, trying to get the libertarian candidate in there. You get somebody in there that has their own money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, you know, yeah, we've you talked about the whole Ross Perot thing. Right? All the guy, that guy was, if, mm-hmm. if he had actually wanted to win, which I don't think he did. Yeah. If he had wanted to win, he, I think he could have won. Well, and Trump um, did want to win and he did the first time yeah. around. And, yep. and some would still argue that he did the second time and it was all a horrible mess. And I think there's still a lot of evidence that in certain states, it's a horrible mess. I find it interesting that what happened in Florida where they actually instituted controls on, you know, voting. And some will say, oh, they disenfranchised. And like, look, if you want to vote, I don't think it's unreasonable to say, here's my ID, whatever, you know, I understand in that participation scenario. And yet in that one, it was, he slayed the Democrat. Charlie Crist, you know, mm-hmm. uh, DeSantis. Now, in the previous elections, it's been very close between the Democrat and the Republican for governor. And this time it's like not even. And so you wonder, is it the way they ran the election? Is it the candidate that's different? The DeSantis is, is reaching the Floridians from all backgrounds to have such a dominant win? I mean, I don't have a definitive answer here. I'm, I'm asking sincerely, too. But then again, what did you think of Jonathan Ebord in, in our discussion? You know, because I said about Ebord, I said, and he and he said so as well. It's not enough to to get in line and say this is what we hate, this is what we don't like. Vote for me. I think you, we we need someone like Ebord that would say it's not only that we can see this is horrible, but here let me just tell you what my perception perspective is, my belief, and this is what I want to do, and elucidate it away. I mean, it's a fancy word, but communicate in a way that actually like. You're given some credence to the intelligence of people to go beyond just emotion and hear. Now, the challenge I said about reaching some people on the left is that they're programmed to react to certain trigger words, like people on the right. It's true of all of us. We're programmed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can we break that programming like on the environment, which is so obvious to me how duped we were about oil versus batteries and you know windmills and, and, and you know solar. And when you step back and look at it, honestly, you're like, this is not an environmental benefit. This is a destructive to the earth benefit. It, it, it's nothing like supporting the environment. But there's a religion around environmentalism that doesn't want to involve actual science, debate, discussion, argument, et cetera. And so getting past that to help people on the left that really are sincere, and I see that mean this with my heart open, really sincere about protecting the environment. It's not like they, well, I secretly want to point. No, they don't but they have been played duped and it's an ego thing at that point. It's like, how, how can you a rube on the right? I've been taught that you conservatives are all knuckle dragger Trump, you know, whatever's 
And we got to get beyond that on both sides of the political spectrum to be able to once again communicate with one another and say, hey, this is, I know what you believe here. Give a moment. Or if you want to tell me some more about what you believe, I'm listening. I want to know why. And then let me speak a little bit here on what we have as an option in terms of environmentalism that includes oil and that doesn't re- revolve around eliminating two-thirds of the Earth's population, killing billions of people in order to get some kind of environmental nirvana going. And so, as I sort of asked the question and didn't let you speak, as usual, as the host does, <laughs> the discussion we had with Emort about that, the ability to communicate more than, hey, don't you hate what's going on? Vote for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, communication. Um mm-hmm. Something that's kind of lacking right now, isn't and, it? I mean, do you even have a principle that you can communicate? Jonathan Emore does, of course, but right. many of the people running, part of the reason why there was not a red wave is perhaps a lot of these candidates couldn't communicate that. Not only didn't, but probably couldn't. Yeah, you know, it's like it, it's there. It's like this this thing. It's like there's like some kind of pl- uh, rule book or like mm-hmm. something like that that it seems like they all follow or the majority of them do when they run for office, right? They all do the same stuff and they have the same strategies and the same tactics and the same, you know, um, and, and it's the ones that don't follow the, all those quote rules are the ones that really stand out. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I kind of, I was surprised about Dr. Oz. I kind of like into him being, you know, the Mr. Charismatic guy and that's yeah, on the TV I mean, and all that stuff. And it's like when he ran, it's like, he was just, he was boring. You know yeah. I mean? There was no, no Dr. Oz. He wasn't the guy he was on TV. So does that mean he was uh, without personality? A guy that was on... He had no personality that I saw. None, none that, that was just kind of like, wow, Dr. Oz. It was kind of like, mm-hmm. eh, you're just a politician saying yeah. the same stuff that everybody else is saying, right? Now, the yeah. guy he was running against, granted, the guy had a stroke and he had some issues, stuff like that, and he's a Democrat, so he's not, not supposed to like him, right? I don't play mm-hmm. those rules, you know? It's like I, know, the, yeah. I look yeah. at him and I go... I mean, look at that guy. The guy had the goatee with the, the tattoos and the hoodie everywhere he went and all that kind of stuff like that. He was kind of different, mm-hmm. right? And I'm, yeah. I'm not saying I would have voted for him. I'm just saying, you know, you just look at those things and it's like he he was kind of kind of broke the mold a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's yeah. Most of the most of the people that you see that run, they all do the same crap, and that's why people don't like them. And that's the reason why people want something different. In my opinion, I think they've always wanted something different. Yeah, you know, and every time somebody came around that was a little bit different, mm-hmm. they, they would gravitate so, because that's what they want. They want somebody that's not just a normal old same old politician that's going to mm-hmm. run the same type of ads and attack the guy and lie and exaggerate, yeah. you well, know, make stuff up. And it's just when we say some uh, somebody a little different, and then and then sorry, let me finish, and then get into office, yeah, and just be the same old damn thing that that, right. that they've tried to vote out uh, yeah. at the election, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Steven says Ross Perot was different, but he yeah. didn't win. Well, there's a lot more. There's 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 stories to that. Is the reason why he didn't win? Mm-hmm. He did. Dude was it was crazy how how popular he was. And I, I mean, can you remember when he ran and and they did the uh, he bought airtime because the dude had a gazillion dollars, yeah. uh, and so he bought airtime mm-hmm. one evening and he sat there and he had, he had the, the 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 pointy stick thing. And he mm-hmm. had charts. You remember that? And he was he was like yeah. pointing out, you know, it's just like here's the reason why this candidate, you know, shouldn't you know, it wouldn't be good. He he just like destroyed mm-hmm. Bill Clinton on yeah. TV and said that you know you know him being the governor of of Arkansas would be comparable to the CEO of Chiquita Banana. You know, everybody's just like what? Yeah. You know, and it was just funny. 
And and he would get in there and in the debates, he would win the debates and he was awesome mm-hmm. and stuff. And then at the last minute, the 11th hour, he pulled out. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. he ran, then, then he, then he jumped back in. Right. And it was, was just, that? that was weird. Yeah, now yeah. there's a lot of theories on what happened, threats to his family, other things. I don't know. That's what he um, said. That's yeah, what he said. I'm not convinced. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that he wanted to be president. I think he got in there cause he had some kind of vendetta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> towards Bush yeah. um, because he, honestly the reason why Clinton won mm-hmm. was was uh, uh, due a lot to what Perot did mm-hmm. in, 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 the, uh, in the campaign. It's true. Christy says, Oz, I love this comment, Oz is a rhino schmuck. No one liked him on the ballot. Oz also yeah. purchased the experimental COVID gene therapy injections. Yeah, I mean Oz was Oz not, beat himself. Yeah, he, he was, you know, I remember years ago meeting his wife at one of the health freedom expos. And I thought she's the smart one in the family. She not only knows what, what about the, you know, shots that she didn't want to give to her kids, but she's willing to speak out about it. But her husband, you know, wanted to be on TV yeah. and, you know, obviously had to compromise and maybe he knows better, but he wasn't willing. So I think that maybe people sensed about Oz is he's not a, a man of great character. Now I don't know him personally. So it's not, if anybody on really the campaign knows him, trail, he did yeah. not stand out. Uh, from the crowd. Yeah. Know? So we'd have to say, was it rigged in, in Pennsylvania? Even if we look at the other candidate going, he can't speak very well, if at all. Uh, yet apparently he still won. And, and again, we go, Hey, what, what did Oz not do in the candidacy? Who was he that he didn't win in Pennsylvania? And then we got Carrie Lake in Arizona. Apparently there's been tons of ballots that were dumped and have yet to be counted. So there may, that might not be a done deal. I, I and Carrie Lake is to me, would I say a female Trump, but, smarter in a sense because of what she's been in as a member of the media the way she takes on the media that's another enjoyable thing to watch her just let loose she's a great communicator and she's been on the other well, side she's a former media. tv anchor yeah. so i mean it's yeah. like she's got the she's got the chops you know but someone that was beyond a, a news reader someone who actually did investigation and right. in, in journalism yep. you could see that clearly by her ability to communicate yep. but you know i talk about the different when you mentioned the different the different I want, you know, a different that actually is rooted in constitutional principles, limited government, right? It's not just about I'm different. Vote for me. I'm a personality. You know, and this is where we go. All right. Trump did some good stuff, said some good things, wants to dismantle some things with the help of someone like E. Mord in in the Senate. I think it would be better. But was he, you know, a constitutional guy? No, he's a businessman. He's like, and and he ran into the way government works through the oligarchy and was like, oh, man, this is a bigger mess than I thought, perhaps. And it's about dismantling it and downsizing it. And as much as I'd like to say it could happen at the snap of a finger, I guess in an economic collapse, it might. But the reality is, and I've seen um, memes on this, you know, that the ground is gained uh, and measured in inches, little bits at a time, little bits at a time, little bits at a time. Maybe there's a hundredth monkey thing eventually, but we're going through, as Dr. Kerry Made said, uh, you know, what needs to happen in order for people to again, wake up to find out what's really important. Right. And it isn't the government that can give you everything you want because it's big enough then to take away everything you need. And we're seeing okay. that. Yeah. Christy it, says, Super, uh, Super Don, Trump was something different. That's why he was so popular. And I agree with you 100%. Yeah. No, he wasn't but now he's not. Yeah. But now he's not. And 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 um, I, I think He's a known commodity? Is that why you're saying that? There, Well, there's a split in the Republican Party. There are people that, you know, just they just have they've had enough. Mm-hmm. And they don't want him back in office um, because of the, the you know the, the the sight of him that they don't like. So mm-hmm. you know at this point it would t- I, I 
I honestly believe, I don't know that's going to happen, probably won't, but it would be cool for somebody to come along that spoke to everything that we are concerned about, mm-hmm. um, but not necessarily necessarily part of the two-party system. Yeah. Well, suffice it to say, there's some good things happening, even in the midst of that. And as I said, even before the election happened, what did I say? I said, no matter what happens tomorrow or the next day, it's about what you uh, let's say concede to, or what you participate in, what you refuse to comply with, right? It's how you live at the local of local levels and, and roll that upwards as opposed to looking for the, the candidate that can save us, right? Emord is not delusional about being in the Senate. He knows he can't change everything overnight, but he perceives as I do that having him there will have an impact. I think even spiritually, much less politically in terms of his knowledge, intelligence on the constitution, his willingness to stand on principle and communicate in a way that I believe will land even for people that are not of the party that, you know, he would run as a Republican. Uh, so I've got no problem with him being in, in, in the Senate. I would not have a problem with that. I don't, and I'm happy to support him. And I'd love, love it if that, if he gets over the top, which I think he will, December 8th could be a great historic day here on the Robert Scott Bell show out of Virginia. So we'll tell you more about that as that becomes, that comes closer to reality. All right. Anything else left on the cutting room floor today that we want to cover today or tomorrow? We got another show before the Red Pill Expo. We do. Did everybody watch the Propaganda Exposed Uncensored Edition? He did change it. I saw there were different interviews and even in the first episode. Really good. If you haven't signed up to watch it, it's amazing. You still can. Yeah. Over at the website. Eastern, the first first chapter is up still. So... Sign up. Go to the Health Freedom Expo. Yeah, the February one, right? Virtual. I remember that. Um, the Red Pill Expo this weekend. RSB gets you ten percent off. Um, what else? What else did I forget to mention? Anything else? Any specials or deals uh, from Nutritional Frontiers that we didn't mention? Get the discount. Did you have a like a, a splash page of of something from Nutritional Frontiers that I saw earlier? Um, let's see if I've got that. A monthly special or something. No, I'll have to grab that. Hmm. How'd you like the uh, Cardio Miracle uh, commercial? That, that was cool. Today? Uh, yeah, that was cool. We got man. you, got you right on there. It was the first, yeah. the first testimonial. I like that. Yeah. So tomorrow, mm-hmm. in hour one, we will have Doctor Margaret Aranda, mm-hmm. and in hour two, we will have Doug Fletcher. And I got a little thing here from from Kevin about Doug Fletcher. He's a health and freedom fighter, a proponent of aligning body, mind, and spirit to find sole purpose through long-term fasting. Oh. Hey. That's also a 20-year advocate of exiting the matrix and creating self-sufficient and self-sustainable communities. Very cool. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Long-term fasting. I know you're a fan of fasting. At I least am. on one day of the week. Huh? Well, yeah, every week. I saw a new study that came out today. It was talking about that there may be a downside to that. Really? What is that downside? Yeah, I'm not sure. Send it to me. I'll read it. I will. So anyway, that is all I've got. That's all. That's enough. That's a lot. I'm all feeling right, kind of ready right now. I need to go eat. Any Canadians today. I want to know. I love my Canadian friends, but I don't think the ones that were in that 70% supporting masking coming back are in the audience here. I just No, not likely. Yeah. So, 
All right, dude. Unless you got something else. No, uh, I just, uh, I think there was, let me see if there's a, oh, I just want to send condolences to Marge, our friend. Um, her, her mother passed on to the other side. That's right. Recently, and uh, we, you know, send our prayers and love for you as you, you know, um, that happens. And I think you have, I don't know what they call it in Catholicism. You're doing the rosary or what do you do when somebody passes? Whatever, a memorial service, a funeral, whatever. But Marge, we send our love to you. Thank you for all your support here. And we appreciate you as well. And uh, Steve mm-hmm. says, I think 20, 20 years is much too long to fast. <clears throat> I don't think he fasted for 20 years. 20 years? Long-term oh, fasting. 20 years, that's nothing. <laughs> awake, then a funeral. Thank you, Lori. You have awake and then a funeral. All right. right. With that, let's uh, sign off for, uh, well, until God willing, less than 22 hours from now, we'll be back. Share the show as you do. Thank you. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Mickey Friendly Music coming up.